XM 105, Sirius 206, the Opie and Anthony Channel. The Ron and Fez Show starts right now.
Buddies, it's the Ron and Fez show on a weekday, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, Ron Bennington, Big Fez Watley, Mr. Wonderful Chris Stanley, and thank you, Syracuse KT, our own Mark Zito. Yeah. Careful wearing that shirt around, dude. You get busted. It was super weird today. Today, like, I, I put this on not really thinking about it. Then I was like, nah, whatever. And then w- walking in, I just felt, this is the first time I felt super weird. I saw a kid looking at you and crying. Well, that has, I don't think. Oh, it was just for a different reason? Yeah. Um, Lee, Lee, you're on one of Fez. Yeah, I missed the first 12 minutes of uh, Syracuse jokes because there was a traffic concert on your channel. Hold on for one second. Um, Chris Stanley, would you go nuts on this fucker, please? You fucking cocksucker piece of shit. You don't fucking appreciate traffic. <laughs> you can go straight to fucking hell. Fuck off, <laughs> Thank motherfucker. You. Steve Woodward's the fucking <laughs> man. Tony, you're on Renefest. Oh, morning, fellas. Yeah. Hey, I got nothing against traffic, but is that by chance the Ronnie B's running late? No. No, what? sometimes I just love to hear that song. Sometimes it's just a very lovely song to hear in the morning. And you also have to remember, we're getting in ready into winter wonderland, so the next four weeks <laughs> in Midtown Manhattan, we have to adjust our schedules. We have to adjust our schedules. Fucking Taurus. I am always happy to hear Low Sparks, the High Heel Boys. It's a fucking fabulous song. It's some good shit. And thank you for protecting dear uh, Stevie Winwood. Yeah. I still call him Little Stevie Winwood. <laughs> Any of the people who started as little, it's always funny when they go, that's stupid now. I don't want to be that anymore. You can't change it, dude. You fucked up. I think only Little Kim has said, I'll stay Little Kim. She's a tiny girl. Even, I think, Little Romeo. Uh, decided just go, just call me Romeo. Little Bow Wow, Bow Wow, just Bow Wow. That's right. Little Romeo Cornell is still using it in Kansas City. Ah, I love a good joke first thing in the morning. 
Like, uh, you know, something like this. Something will just... Adam Walsh. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Adam Walsh. Oh, my God. Adam Walsh. Oh, Jesus, how could he? I mean, there's radio mistakes, and then there's, there's the worst thing a human could do. Adam Walsh. Oh, God. Adam Walsh. Oh, uh, Jesus. Yeah, it's oh, Jesus. Uh, we're ready to uh, make an announcement on a big unmasked. As a matter of fact, we've got uh, a couple coming up in December. Yes. But this one, uh, I am uh, very excited about because uh, we wanted to get this gentleman on Unmasked for quite some time. But now it becomes even better because it's the first time uh, that we've ever had a married couple on Unmasked. Uh, Rich Foss and Bonnie McFarland. So uh, head on over to the Interabang to sign up for this. I predict this is going to be one of the best ever. It's going to be awesome. I yeah. It's going to be hysterical. Well, they're separately, they're both very, very funny people. Together, they now have a new podcast uh, called My Wife Hates Me. And... Um, Obviously, you know what, I'm uh, a big fan of that. I tried to convince Dave so many times to do that. Uh, I remember when uh, other people were starting podcasts, I said, here's the thing to do, update the old Battle and Bickerson's gimmick. You know, everybody loves, everybody's married. You know, the, the funny thing about it is sitcoms have kind of, you know, uh, went to town on this, but in that PG, ABC, CBS way to get two comics together and just talk about the thing that everybody goes for through, except for the three guys who do this show with me, being in that, you know, relationship. <laughs> I'm in a committed relationship. Are you? Yes, I love You won't let her come much. to your apartment. Well, no, I, 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 respect, I love her and respect her. I don't want to see how I live. Why don't you love her and respect her enough to buy a vacuum cleaner? <laughs> Clean up a little bit. One of them Dyson vacs are fucking expensive. So uh, I predict this is going to be one of our all-time funnest. And the, th the funny thing is, we just had Rich uh, booked, but then I heard about the podcast, and I go, well, let's get both of them. I think that would fucking slay. I think their podcast is going to be gigantic, too, because I think it's, uh, it's high time. Two funny people would do... This show and it's unique. Nothing else is out there. I, with, with a married couple, nothing is uh, like that's out there because none of my friends would listen to me for the last goddamn four years. When I'm like, this is the thing to go to. <laughs> Everybody, every couple goes through this, and there's at least two sides to every story, and everybody is going to relate. You know, like, every time you're in a relationship, you know, the women are like, he won't let me see his apartment. And he's like, well, Jesus Christ, I've got a dead body laying in the kitchen. And I don't want to clean it up. I like things how they are. And then she's like, he's always drunk and on drugs and pills. And he's like, well, her parents live in Long Island, and I don't want to go out there. It's a long, it's fucking far out there, dude. It like, is a Long it. Island. I mean, there's a lot of places that don't have a correct name. Uh, Long Island. 
is uh, perfectly named. It's got its own dedicated fucking train lines. Jesus Christ. Um, well, I don't think that's so weird. It's got its own highway. You believe this? <laughs> they have to actually make special things for you to travel there. That's how far it is out. What what uh, town do they live out there? I'm not I'm not very good with it. Smithtown maybe. That's Smith. not a real town. I'm not sure. Well, it is, but that's I'm where Plymouth good. Rock is. It's not good is with it, reading signs. Are you signs. saying that they're pilgrims? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> so travel must be difficult for you. Yeah, it's. Just... I'm not good at reading signs. Mm -mm. We're either in Austin or Denver. I don't know right now. <laughs> Never took the time to read. It's fucking tough sometimes. And they're out there along the line like this. Our daughter is dating Bob Seger, and we could not be happier. Doing very well for herself. She's not allowed to go to the studio because I believe um, that he's recording right now. <laughs> Did you see the Elvis Costello news that's out already? Yeah, I saw Elvis that. Costello's got a brand new uh, album coming out. What's it called? Oh, it's a box set. It's uh, and it. I don't. I'm not sure the name, but it's just a reissue of some stuff. Well, it's more than a reissue. It's one of those like the Pink Floyd yeah, things where everything vinyl. comes together. And he put up on his website, uh, "Don't buy this <laughs> shit. It's like too expensive. Bucks. It's just too much money." Yeah, the return of the spectacular spinning songbook, which I think, by the way, is the coolest tour in the world. Where you don't, he doesn't know what fucking song they spin the wheel, they make the deal. Awesome. Uh, which means this is a band that has a lot of songs that they can do that. <laughs> Unlike most people, um, half an album, <laughs> Journey, that have been touring the same set of songs forever. Great hits, dude. I wish Journey would just come out one of these many tours and go, uh, we are not. Uh, playing Don't Stop Believing. Uh, just not going to do it. <laughs> what the fuck? No! You've heard it so many times. We want to do something new now. Why else am I here? Called Our Singer is Now Chinese. No. Well, it sounds kind of good. Uh, but the story is up on the Interabang, uh, along with the, uh, of course, the Unmasked, which I can't uh, tell you how happy I am about this Unmasked. I think it's going to be one of the funnest we've done. It's going to be awesome. That's a week from tomorrow, 7.30 wow, p.m. 7.30, perfect. 7.30 p.m., I uh, go to the Interrobang. Can I tell you the truth? You really felt the need to say p.m. Did you think that there would people be going up? That that's a little too early. Maybe. There might be a few. 7.30 a.m. They could go to work right afterwards. I watch Matt Lauer then. Why won't you listen to o and I do both. Oh, that's weird. It's really weird. Something like, like they're talking about, you know... Place settings, then I'm hearing cunt. It's, it's very weird. Which show is doing which? I never know. Oh, hey, place settings. <laughs> You're wrong, Opie. The salad fork belongs on the outside. As you use each utensil, then you discard it. Oh, really? That's why when people go, I don't know what fork to use. is the stupidest thing ever. Use the fork that's ready to be used. It's a line. I've never been really to a fancy restaurant where they give me multiple utensils. That's surprising. What, do you just get the spoon at Burger King and they don't <laughs> let you use the plastic knife and fork? Spork. Nothing wrong with a spork. It's all purpose. Everything's wrong with a spork. You can't eat soup with it. Things fall through it. It's fine. 
I don't even know if there is such a thing as a spork anymore, is there? Did people still use the sporks, or was that just a short-term invention? High school cafeterias. <laughs> there you go. There's a nice spork. It's got everything. <laughs> it's perfect for your jello. <laughs> Good for dig against scooping. Jello, by the way. Not, oh, look. There's Sam just sitting there, so let's make sure we just... Adam Walsh. Adam Walsh. Adam Walsh. Adam Walsh. Adam Walsh. Adam Walsh. How could he? Seriously. What the fuck? I mean, there's such a thing as a rookie mistake, and then there's something that's just the worst thing a human being could do. <laughs> Very disturbing. You know, I'm all for the shock shock thing, Sam, but um, that went too far. Um, Craig, you're on the fence. Hey, what's going on, buddies? I yeah. was just kind of uh, wondering if uh, we were going to address what's wrong with Fez. He left for Thanksgiving, happy as could be, come back, sound like a broken little gay man. Uh, well, first of all, I don't appreciate any kind of disparaging remarks, but something went on because, yes, he couldn't have been better, he couldn't have been stronger than when he left, and then something happened in Tampa. What happened in Tampa? What happened in Tampa, Fez? Something apparently went on down there, and we're trying to figure out what happened in Tampa. Adam Walsh. Oh, stop it, Sam. Just stop it, shock jock. God damn it. Did you hear what I yelled at him, dude? It's fucking awesome. I fucking jocked the shit out of him. Let's try to get this to go viral. There's some things that aren't worth going viral for, Sam, and that's one of them. Now, I will tell you this about Fez Watley, and I'm going to say right now, Fez 1, Ron 0. Oh? Fez 1, Ron 0. Yesterday, I'm leaving here, heading through the uh, glass doors, and I see Fez on the elevator, and the doors start to close, and he does the fake, oh, I'm trying to open it. Oh, no. As many times as he's explained to us on this show that he will do that because he wants a one-person elevator <laughs> so that he's free to cry or moan or whatever he does. But I actually saw in his eyes a lie. And then I caught the elevator right after, right? Yeah. So I'm like, if he didn't, like, I said on my elevator right down, I go, if it was an accident, these doors are going to open up and Fez is going to be there. Yeah. If not, I will see him taken off. I'm not kidding you. I probably got down 15 seconds after him. Yeah. And I had to go out on the avenue to see him hauling ass. <laughs> hauling ass down the street. That was an accident. I smashed my fingers trying to get that thing oh, open. Oh, you, you fucking have that told, finger. You have told I, the story on the air. You didn't want to fucking take an elevator with me. I could lose Fine. this nail. Why didn't you just seriously? It would have meant a lot more to me if you just went, fuck you, sucker, and let the fucking door shut. I wouldn't have had a problem. But I knew. I said, if he's not at the bottom going, dude, I busted my ass to do it. I said, if not, he'll be hauling. I had to go through the doors real quick to look down 6th Avenue to see him in that <laughs> half-skip run. Yeah, <laughs> scurrying is the fucking word I was looking for. What's the other word I was looking for? Adam Walsh. Oh, stop what it, Sam. Fuck? Stop it. 
Why didn't you wait to explain then, Fez? I was running late. Running late. Where you do? Running away is more like it. Oh! oh shit! Zeno doesn't like Fez! Like yeah, the poor Syracuse ball boys couldn't all do. Right, come on, let's just it's fucking kid touching. Break it up a little bit. As it cuts a little deep, because now it's starting to look, based on the media, that I wasted two hundred grand. You did. Oh, your parents. parents. That. What's that, Fuzz? Or his parents? Right. You want to get that line out there when no one else is talking, because it's a good one. There's some things that just aren't funny. Adam Walsh. Oh God damn it, Sam. That's the worst presentation I've ever heard in my life. And I've heard some shitty fucking radio. Speaking of which, we are the Ron and Fez Show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, no reason to talk about last night's uh, giant cock eaters. The Giants. What a pathetic fucking... Shit show. Can we just have a watchable game? I don't care who wins and who loses. No, no, let's just have the fucking stage fucking just run the score up every fucking game. It, and could. Or uh, lose to the Rams. Fucking doesn't make any sense. And could shit face uh, Drew just fucking not score 42 points every in the first fucking half? Fucking game? He has like 12 fucking number one fucking whiteouts. It doesn't make any sense. I know. And Sean Payne don't give a fuck. He'll ride it up all day long. He just doesn't care. And this is like how shitty fucking fantasy is. There's two giant quarterbacks, and the two people that have them are going to win the season this year. And the rest of us are scraping along. Like assholes. Like our fucking best buddy just let the fucking elevator doors shut in our face. And then scurried. That's today's new phrase. Scurried away. And lie about later. The secret word is scurried. Oh, shit! He keeps busting Fez's balls! breaking them! Kathleen, I really needed Kathleen to lose last night, and it didn't happen, and I'm pretty bummed about it. Uh, if you were to look at the thing she was supposed to I lose, know. she was supposed to lose all weekend. Whatever those shitty fucking projection points are. Fuck she, that projection bullshit. She is one of the only two people to clinch a playoff spot right now with okay. a blowhard. This, is, this will be a, a story that will uh, annoy you all. Um... And by the way, Hicks, you won by one fucking point last I know. night. Hakeem Nicks got fucked up. And I hope there's an adjustment to take that smile off your no. Bob Seger-like face. Stop thinking that everyone's going in. You're not going in. Either in one division, the 6-6 six and six HTG, or the 6-6 six and six Fez Watley is going to go in. Correct, but... If Mikey Boy, I need to beat Kathleen, have Mikey Boy lose to Hicks, and outscore Mikey Boy by 15 points, and I'm in, baby. I'm in. Uh, Mikey Boy's going to dominate Hicks. No. Probably. No, no, no. And, and if Hicks beats Mikey Boy, and I lose, and Hicks outscores me by 46, Hicks is in the playoffs. That's definitely going to happen. <laughs> Wait a minute. When is the, the end of the season? Next week. It's one week left. Fez versus HTG. Will the, they're playing each other next week. The winner will be in. The loser, out. Wow. Serious shit. But then remember, we all get to be in the loser games. I can't wait. Oh, fuck it's a nice games. consolation prize. So. I can't wait to fucking see Earl and Dave go at it. <laughs> Finally. The superpowers fucking clash. Yeah. Can you believe it's the end of the season? Can't believe it. doesn't make it. any sense. In some ways, fantasy makes it go even faster. <laughs> fantasy blows. <laughs> this fucking it ruins everything. Mikey Boy clinches with a win over Hicks. Great. When did you become matter. numbers cruncher? 
Well, good. At least we have some exciting stuff at the end of the season. Yeah. So Kathleen could be out of this, or Kathleen's definitely she's locked in. She's clinched. She her okay. blowhard have clinched. Blowhard has clinched uh, seven weeks ago. <laughs> Kathleen's clinched, and then the it, it's either going to be. Fez or HTG, and then the weirdness of whatever the hell we just went through then. <laughs> if um, I score 400 points, my boy gets hit by a bus, I get in or something. Um, Jeff, you're on Rana Fez. Jeff. Yeah, I got a sports Ichiban for you. Yeah. And Dominic and Sue, Detroit Lions, a while ago, came out. NFL suspended him for two games for stomping on uh, Green Bay Packer in the Thanksgiving uh, football game. Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers. Seems well worth it to me. You get a chance to stomp on somebody, and then you get two weeks to travel, do what you want to do late in the season like Kinda this. hang out, you know? Yeah. Go someplace warm. Yeah. Get out of fucking Detroit. Especially with the Saints coming up. You don't want to deal with that. Uh, the other big NFL uh, news... Uh, Jack Del Rio um, fired from the Jags. Now, <clears throat> I know most people aren't going to care about this, but for 10 years, I was able to go, he's Jack Del Rio and he's coaching up the Jags. I can't do that anymore when I see him. That blows. Yeah, I know. Uh, not only have they fired their coach, but the team is for sale. This is what a Holy fucking bang-up job he's done down there. Well, it's Florida, so obviously you can't get people to go to the games. They despise pro sports in Florida. Uh, and they do so bad in Jacksonville that there's actually tarp that they put over sections. Like they normally do when a concert doesn't sell well. Oh my you know, God. that fucking gimmick. Like, it's not. So, we did sell out, but for the smaller part of this venue. They got to disband the franchise. No, that, team's, that team is going to L.A. I think. L.A. is not building a fucking uh, stadium, and they don't really give a shit in L.A. You don't see the people of L.A. panicking, going, we need a team. They just care about the Lakers. I admire L.A. for that. Jacksonville should have been that way. They should have. <laughs> Miami should and Tampa should have been that way with baseball. You don't care about the sport. If it's not a big deal to you, you know, the people in L.A. going, uh, and I have friends there, and they're always going... I love it. We get all kinds of different games on. I'm not just stuck with one shitty fucking team. I'm like, okay. There you go. Let's look on the bright side. Maybe there shouldn't be any teams anywhere. And then everybody <laughs> could watch whatever they want to watch. No. Maybe we could go out on Sundays and enjoy ourselves. Huh? No, I, I like staying in. I need to watch the, the computer screen for fantasy updates. You like to stay in, but then you're not able to fucking have anyone over. <laughs> It's very fucking drunk. We worried about Fez's life. Your life is even stupider. Oh. It's fuzzier and number. This will piss you off. Okay. Uh, Hicks. Uh, the Powerball winner, $250 million. That was a couple in, weeks ago or whatever. And then they couldn't find the person who won, and they've been putting up signs. When that happens. Uh, the winners have come up and said, yes, uh, we do have the winning ticket. Okay. Uh, they are three wealth managers who live in Greenwich, Connecticut. Oh, three guys who uh, have great jobs. Yeah. Uh, they're already running like $80, 90000000 million worth of investments. What? Um, and now they're worth more than all their investors put together. 
Um, it's a quarter billion dollars. These guys don't fucking need it. They, they don't need it. That's the beauty of it. They learned, they, they're set already. Yes. This they're is the fucking 1%ers. Yes. The 1% won the 250 million. What the fuck? I'm in the fucking Powerball every fucking week. No. I'm in it to win it. Here's the funny part of it, though. What? For the first time ever, the win will not destroy the life of the person who won it. You won't hear, oh, my God, they ate 500 Oxycontin and fucking bought a Russian rocket. Their friends they, murdered them. They had took all this time to set up a trust that would be in charge of the money. They've done everything properly. This fucking money, $250 million, landed directly... In the no fun zone. What the fuck, man? And nobody's cousin is lucky that this happened. Come on, set them up, man. Come on, they, they're broke. No one's fucking mom is going to be like this. He bought us a solid gold toilet. Now shit on it every night. Set up a trust. It's, Just yeah. cash a fucking check. Get in a nice checking account. Go to the track. <laughs> Try to cash it at the fucking track. Yeah, really. Get to a casino immediately. Fucking start rolling. This goes to show you either... There is no God. No. Or he hates our guts. I prefer there is no God. Um, how, how it's annoying happen? just thinking of them taking the time to go out and buy a ticket. Uh, here's Doug to give us an update on that. Hey, Doug. Hey. Uh, yeah. Listen, I just heard this morning, I think it was from ABC, that uh, it's a potential that the, uh, the wealth manager is one of their clients who won the ticket. And uh, they were coming out for him because he wanted to remain... Anonymous, and now it turns out that's illegal. So maybe nobody will get the money. And they roll it back over. Oh, hell yeah. I would love for anybody to make the kind of fucking mistake. Oh, that'd be sweet. God, that'd be amazing. I don't imagine these guys will fuck up, though. Whatever they did is probably aces. Setting up a trust. I never even heard of that before. It seems like they've got lawyers on their side. They're not going <laughs> to lose this money. I can't imagine that they would be like, yeah, you just don't get the $250 million now because somebody different came out. They would just make the person come out, I would assume. Carlos, you're on Run a Fez. Hey, what's going on, guys? Topper, we need you around, man. We need you to produce the show. You do a hell of a job. If you would have won the money... You'd be dead in a week, brother. We need you around. First of all, a week would be the over. There's no <laughs> fucking way he makes it a week with $250 million. I've looked into this before. It takes two weeks to get your money when you win the lottery. <laughs> right, but you're going to be on the street. Oh, no, yeah. It's yeah. Like, listen, man, I'm good for it, dude. I mean, that was in the fucking post yesterday with a giant fucking check. All right? So I felt good for it. Now, the reason why Hicks could do that so well is he's done that lie so many times <laughs> to fucking Shylocks over the years. Come on, it's me. <laughs> what the fuck? You know where I fucking live. I'm coming right back. Wait here, please. Seriously, I swear. Oh, my God. Yeah, it would, be, it would get real weird real quick. I would just fucking lose my shit. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> I don't crazy. know who would fuck up more, you or Dave. It would just be a nonstop party till I was dead. That's that's pretty much that's it. Just the funny thing is, like, if Dave won the two hundred fifty million dollars, it wouldn't be a, a a trickle down. It would be a downpour, where all of a sudden, like, the guy at the Seven Eleven go, some redheaded guy gave me two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, everybody who was near him <laughs> would be having wheelbarrows of cash in their it's hands. Fucking ripple effect. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> Brewster's Millions. Um, Nick, you're on Run of Fez. Hey, what's up, Run of 
Chris, how are you? Good, man. Hey, I, uh, I heard it on the news this morning that they said that uh, these investors guys, they didn't hit the lotto. They have one of their customers or one of their clients. They paid him off and said, hey, you know, we'll give you X amount on the dollar or we'll give you a lump sum. Now, are they allowed to do that? That's the question. I don't know if they are allowed to or not, but just like these other agencies that claim that, you know, it's your money, you want it now, if you're entitled to a settlement, they'll say, hey, we'll pay you all up front instead of you waiting X amount of years or time to collect it, and they give you, let's say, 25 cents or something on the dollar. That doesn't make sense because I think after taxes and, and wherever the lotto take is, from a lump, you get a lump sum anyway, and they took the lump sum. Well, here's what kills me. What are you talking about taxes? You're the fucking people who tax people. You're the fucking government that we're playing the game with, right? Yeah. Now you're saying, sorry, you have to pay us back but, half of this money. But, but you're it. running the fucking gimmick. This is yours. I thought this was for schools or whatever. So really, whatever the, the government who does this, whatever state or whatever, they're paying out half of what they're supposed to right off the fucking top. That's horseshit. I think, and, and, that, and if you like take like the, over twenty years, it pays out more. But if you want it all at once, they take out even more fucking tax, which is just, I think they take like a third at least before they even tax again. So you're getting taxed fucking twice for this giant sum of money, and that's horseshit, if you ask me. That's what you know. It always goes back to nothing is fucking worth it. I don't know. And when people commit suicide, you should just fucking go to the funeral and applaud and say good good work. you're out of this fucking rat race and the powerball is back up to like 64 million so i'm gonna be in that tonight sometimes you gotta wonder what's the worst thing you ever even heard in your whole life what's the worst most horrible thing adam walsh well that's number one nothing's gonna beat that now yeah, in terms ever. of just flat out uncomfortability it's horrifying actually I couldn't even conceive that happening. Well, it wouldn't happen in your world. You'd have to be the worst, meanest, cruelest little shock jock ever. Craig, you're on a fez. Yeah, Ron, I got to ask you what's worse. There's these guys winning the 250 mil, or I knew these people in high school. They were loaded to begin with. They won the New York State Lotto twice at 15 mil and about 6 mil each. How does that? I don't know what's worse. I don't know why you're still playing. After you fucking won. I don't know. They wanted it twice. They, and they fucking own massive amounts of property and restaurants all over, like, the Syracuse area. They uh, won that oh, fucking kitty. twice. Uh, kid touch money. Let's see what the radio shark has to say about it. His name is Joe hey, today. Pepper, could you play some Iron Butterfly? <laughs> Why didn't you stop? Yeah, it's come on, keep going. Like, Tucker him out. the payphone. <laughs> Turn on a dime in there, Radio Shark. Payphone you use it has dimes. <laughs> I thought that I thought it was a quarter to go in and a dime to keep, <laughs> keep it going. All, it's gotta be like seventy-five cents by now to start. As if you can find one. 
I tried. Uh, I was in the subway. I had to call somebody. I tried maybe a few weeks ago. I tried using. There was an, nothing in the subway worked. No, not one fucking paper. Well, you know what's amazing is that you still know people's numbers. Because <laughs> if I lose my phone, I can't even call home. I don't learn nothing anymore. I know one person's phone number from like high school. And that's all. For some reason, that's the one I remember. I don't Dude, know. Dude, haven't talked to you in a while. <laughs> Listen. I'm in a lot of trouble right now. I broke down on the Long Island Expressway. Now, I don't read signs, so I'm not sure where I am. There's a mile marker out here, but I'm not sure what numbers they are. I saw somebody using a payphone, like a urinal, and now I just assume that. People oh, I do always, it all the time. I, yeah, I never thought about that. Now I can never use one. Dude, think about this more. Uh, they use the water fountains as urinals. So never, ever drink out of a fountain. Particularly in the park where they wash their underwear. You just ruined a lot of stuff for me. Oh, would you rather not know? I, I will yes. go out and fucking lick let, the dull, dirty fucking ball water? Let Piss Mouth fucking keep drinking out oh, of the fucking... Oh, oh let, Piss let, Mouth. Let him keep drinking. Look, Come on, he's did you a favor. Wait, Pissmouth, is that the name of the basketball team up there at Syracuse? <laughs> yep, Piss and Chismouth. And then he pissed in my mouth. Nothing oh. has been proven. Uh, good news, too, over on the Interbank today. Your chance to win uh, Hangman is back. Fuck yeah. Hangman is back. Matter of fact, I want to do a big December where we give away a big prize every December, every day of December. Here's what I want to do. Uh, get all the prizes together, and then take pictures of them. Oh, fuck yeah. All right. Let's do it. And I want party. the pictures to look fucking great. All right. Hangman is up. It's There's no letters right now. And um, I normally can get it with no letters. <sighs> I can't. I fucking blow it, Hangman. Let me see what we're giving away today. It should be something signed, and it should be something fabulous. I love fabulous shit. I know you do, and you deserve fabulous shit. <laughs> because you got a fabulous apartment. Apparently, no one's seen it, but... It's looking good. <laughs> Are you happy with your life, Chris? Is this where you want it to be? I like windows that close, so I don't have to be cold at night. <laughs> but there is a kegerator. So that kind of... Is there a keg hook up to it, though? It's, it's dead. It died over... It, that thing is bone fucking dry. I got to... Try to refill it somehow. I think you should just get another keg. I think that would probably yeah. I got it. yeah. Bop, bop, bring the keg back. He didn't know that. This is the same way he doesn't understand. He could install a window himself. <laughs> I gotta figure that out. Is your radiator still spewing brown juice everywhere? Uh, no, no. It uh, well, I I think they just stopped sending up heat. The bad thing now is Hicks is spewing brown juice, and he doesn't know what he did that would make that happen. Shitty. Do we have the prize up on the uh, hangman? Do we know what we're giving out? Let's see the hangman on. Uh, Can't find it on the front page. It should be Roseanne season seven on DVD, signed by Miss Roseanne Barr. Well, you're saying should be. When you get the definitive word, let us know. I want you to be the definitive Fez Watley. I think that's going to help you a lot. I'm trying to tell you, you'd be better off being wrong than in between. Like. Yesterday you were in between, like, oh, I'm trying to say, stop the elevator for you. Oh man, if you're gonna, you got, I just shove body parts into that fucking thing. Make sure that door don't close. That's what I do. Do you feel like he tried to stop it? No, that was just a, that was just a fake. I'm sorry, but that's Zates, what, what do you think? Definitely not. All right, let me. 
Uh, check with uh, Sam. Sam, who do you think tried to stop the elevator for me? Adam Walsh. Oh, you're awful and disgusting, Sam. Seriously. I like a bad joke as much as the next guy. What's that like, Fezzi, that your coworkers don't believe you? Uh, it hurts because I did try to stop the elevator. I put my hand in there. It what? closed uh, on my hand that's and a moved. Fuck, now, that is a fucking lie. You did not try to put your hand in there. You tried to hit a button, a imaginary button. Next. I saw your hand. I saw where it went. It did not go in the door. But, Ron, it has cuts all on the back of it. It must have, the elevator oh, must have. Oh, shit. shit. Making oh, my fun God. Making fun of OCDs and his anxiety. <laughs> That's his fucking, <laughs> makes him seem like a crazy person. I know, it's like having that big bald spot in the middle, uh, underneath my serious oh, hat. Oh, shit. Um, by the way, the 65th, uh, the 65th Street fucking hoarder. He's filled up another van. I saw him yesterday. Where's he getting all these fucking cars? They're fucking throwing away cars. <laughs> he gets junk cars and then keeps parking them around with just loaded up with stuff. And then when I looked in there, I saw like he even has like jars of peanut butter that aren't like just like little pieces of them in there. Oh, and I'm like, is he eating old peanut butter or is he just think, oh, one day I'll be able to keep something in here? After the nuke strike, <laughs> this charge would be perfect. Does he register the cars, or does he just have like unmarked cars sitting there? Um, sometimes they're unmarked. Wow. Which you think that they would just be towed for that in New York? Yeah. So, by the way, so I'm just pointing out to people who watch all these shitty fucking shows, the show's hoarders apparently doesn't work. No. And they don't give a fuck about helping the people. They just want a show. They want. They will. It's like a. It's like a three day process, I think, or possibly two day process. I've, I've watched enough orders, and they're supposed to, you know, clean the house out and fix them in two fucking days. It's yeah. a lifetime of fucking hoarding. Right. And every one of these people have something terrible that happened to them as a child. Every single one of them. What happened to them as a child that they hoard? Uh, a lot of times, it's like um, those either a fire. So they lost everything as a kid. So now they don't want to throw anything out because they think feel they'll lose it again. Or their parents are assholes and they're real poor, and they uh, and they basically just are so afraid of losing things that they they have to hold everything and they yeah. they will not throw anything out. And then the third category is the shopaholic. That's that's pretty much the main categories of people. Or maybe like a fucking husband or wife died and they were just totally got totally fucked. One guy started hoarding rats after his wife died. So it's just a fucking mental disorder. Yeah. Yeah, because there's like, this stuff isn't stowed away. It's just like fucking thrown in there like crazy. Yeah. And then the weird thing about him is, it's not like he ever has a nice relaxing day. Every day is spent fucking gathering shit up. You know, he looks like an ant running around the neighborhood. And taking care of the horde. That's his fucking life. I like to say it's, it's he's taking care of business. TCB. And it's easy as fishing. You can be a musician if you can make the sounds hard and mellow. By a second-hand guitar, chances are you go far. Uh, well, that's fucking hideous. But this would be like if you had a weight loss program that was two days old, where they just tell you, um, here, this is what you're going to be eating. Do some sit-ups. All right, take care. Now that you've lost this weight, yeah, you're uh, good. we're going to move on to the next show. Yeah, we got a whole season to shoot here. Uh, you're just one episode. All right, let me take a look at the Hangman game. Oh, what the fuck? I got it. Tales from the tr uh, the Crypt. Oh, really? Done. I don't think so. Uh, sometime today, another letter goes up. 
And who knows? Maybe even two letters. Maybe even three letters. You don't know. I'm going to need about 15 letters. Yeah, this is nuts. I'll never get this. You guys are really bad at this game. I never got it. Uh, we do have the definitive. It is the Roseanne. And Fez is right. What was supposed to be actually is. Coming through. All right. Uh, also up on the Interbank today, uh, your chance to come to the next mass and it's going to be a fun one. Voss and Bonnie. Um, here is uh, Mick. Mick, you're on Fez. Oh. Mick. Yeah. Oh, hi. Yeah, guys. Uh, Dominican Sue was suspended for two games. One for stomping on the player on the Packers. The other for his manager throwing assault in the ref's eyes. I can't imagine coming up short and being funny. That must be, like, horrifying. It is. To me, it must feel like, oh, I jizzed all over the girl's thigh. I honestly thought it was her pussy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's a hole there. What could be the worst possible thing that you could possibly do. Adam Walsh. Nothing's lower than that. <sighs> Nothing's lower than our buddy Sam. Uh-uh. Adam Walsh. He's in some weird depth of hell right now. I wouldn't come in tomorrow. I would say I should not be near a microphone. I'm too fucking crazy. He's caused such a disturbance. In the force. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I heard a billion voices scream out in the night and then turn silent. Southern Marilyn Monroe, fucking, what's your name, Michelle Williams. How was that? She's great. No matter what she does. What is it about her that's so fucking great? I can't even figure it out. She's just terrific. And everything. She's fantastic actress. And I think underrated. Um... Well, there's, has she been nominated before for an Oscar? Because she's surely going to get nominated for this. Looking up here. But some people have it, and she's one of those people. And she was married to the Heath Ledger, I believe. She right? was, yeah. although I think they were separated at the time. She has know. been nominated for a Best Supporting Actress Oscar. For what movie? Brokeback. Oh, yeah, she was in the Brokeback. She should have said that. Seriously, you're going to suck dick when you got all this? Look at this pussy. Then you are gay. You're <laughs> fucking gayer than even the gay guy that you're with. And that guy fucking loves dick. I mean, shit. You know he's going to get fucked up one of these days. By the way, the, uh, the schoolgirl who uh, insulted the Kansas governor. Hashtag he blows. There was an apology yesterday. And the apology came from the governor. <laughs> and the apology was this. She's right. I do blow. Whoa, he admits it? Yeah. Uh, he blows. Good. Good. He should admit it. Get out there. Go ahead and say it, Seats. She was also nominated for Best Actress for Blue Valentine. She's great in everything. She's phenomenal. Her and... Ryan Gosling, I think, used to... Oh, no, she was with Heath Ledger, I believe. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. I Just know. fucking I know, that. I know, I know. I'm sorry you lost Ryan Gosling. <laughs> she was just in a movie with him. That's all. How's your guys' child together? Huh? And then just start saying to the baby, Your dad's Ryan Gosling, isn't he? Your dad's Ryan Gosling! <laughs> Ryan sure likes Xanax, huh? Not... Here's uh, the good news.
uh, that we found out with uh, Voss and Bonnie, which I kind of fucking like that because it makes them sound like a folk group, you know? <laughs> um, one of you guys gets to watch their kid. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't think I should be watching it. I know. Okay. You're off the thing. <laughs> Fez, right. Fez, because of the bloody scratches, shut me on it. And Zito is Mr. Syracuse 2012. Do not let him near miners. Not even coal miners. No, he'll dive into that. Uh, bad news for Fez Watley. Barty Frank is hanging up the jockstrap. Uh, he said, I'm tired of slobbering my way through fucking Congress. Uh, oh. Every time I, I give a speech, my shoes are wet. I'm out of here. And you know what? Like, the sad thing is he was one of those people that you would just bust up laughing no matter what he was rambling about. <laughs> um, so he's down. So who's going to be the champion now of the cause? Fezzy? I hate I to drag you into a show, but I set it up three times. I think this is where you would jump in. Yeah, um, I don't know who's going to take Barney Frank's place. Where, um, especially on gay issues in Congress. I don't think he was interested in anything else. David Geffen, he'll, he'll run for Congress. <laughs> David Geffen would be great at it. Fuck yeah. Get David Geffen would be like this. Uh, before we start Congress today, Jody Mitchell wants to sing a song about me. It's called Free Man in Paris. Maybe Cheney's daughter will get into politics. Maybe David Cicilline. I mean, I know he's gay and he's in Congress, so maybe he'll do it. You could see Rosie O'Donnell's brother go from state politics to national, try to run for that seat. I don't know if there was ever the shittiest political show ever, this would be it. <laughs> the fucking, fucking little fucking facts that we have that people could just hold on to for a moment. David Geffen's going to do it. I fucking believe it. Not when Rosie O'Donnell has a brother who's gay. <laughs> This is fucking ridiculous. Uh, Chris, you're on Reddit Fez. Yeah, Zito should be able to watch Boston Bonnie's kid because it's a girl, so it should be safe. Oh, oh you're gay for boys. <laughs> but you don't like pussy. That's, I do like pussy. Is it Syracuse or you're accused? Poor fucking Syracuse. It's really bad. I was looking at the cover of USA Today walking in, and it was like, is Syracuse the next Penn State? And I was just like, oh, yes. probably. It's already there. But it's really, it's really fucked up because everyone's talking about this ESPN tape, and ESPN sat on this tape for eight years, and after ESPN just spent two weeks talking about. Now here's what kills you. Yeah, all those people want to Joe Paterno fired. Exactly. They're by like, yourselves now, you fuckers. You had a moral obligation to say something. Well, what about you guys? And then, and then they're actually releasing statements that are like, well, you know, we couldn't corroborate it with uh, her voice, and I was like, okay, still, you, you give it to the authority. Turn it over to the cops. Their own and and. Think about this. This Syracuse news came out about a week, two weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. So that means they also then waited two weeks to stretch out the story more so, cause, so they could have an exclusive. It's ridiculous. And um, the, the whole story that now the accuser, uh, Bobby Davis, was also sleeping with Fine's wife at some point, it's just so bizarre. And apparently the district attorney at another point did not return a phone call, and he's pointing fingers when fingers should be pointed at him. It's totally batshit crazy, but the ESPN thing is the most ridiculous. The bad thing for you is the more craziness keeps people talking about it more. Rather than if it just happened, the guy copped to it, there's a trial, it's over, 
your diploma slowly starts to be worth something. That's the thing. There's not even going to be a criminal trial, they're saying. They're saying the statute's up on everything, and most legal experts say that nothing is going to happen to him. But I thought that the statutes for a kid rape could go on forever like they did with the fucking priest. I don't think that's the case just because of where it happened. I don't think there's a statute of limitations on rape, on sexual assault, no matter what. I think it's a kid rape, though. I don't know whether you could say, oh, when I was in college, somebody fucking, you know, what do you fucking, could date rape me or whatever. But when it's a little kid and they're like, you know what, I didn't even realize this was wrong until I was older. But I don't think, I think since there wasn't any sodomy or oral sex, I think it's just like a like a molestation thing. So it's not as, legally, it's not as. At that point, real. those kids shouldn't even fucking bring it up. How you know, what did you have? You got fucking touched through your pants? Got in her thigh fucking rub? What big deal? Christ. Something happened to you? No. So ESPN sits on this video for eight years and are now saying like, well, you know, it's it's not our responsibility necessarily to go to the cops after they just spent all that time saying the shit about everyone else, that they should go to the cops no matter what. And they're now deflecting. And so the biggest cover-up so far is not Syracuse University. It's not, you know, Jim Beheim. They potentially didn't know shit about the allegations um, or that it actually happened. It seems to be ESPN is the paterno of this situation. There you have it. Syracuse, I hope this goes on forever. I'd like each and every professor to take a lie detector and all the students. Honestly, if this wasn't my school, I feel like I'd be like a little, like, um, happy. wouldn't even, no, Turned on. I, <laughs> I would be happy if it wasn't my school, but also like after the whole Penn State thing, I'm kind of like coach molested out. I'm just like, uh, this is crazy that both these stories break back to back. No, because I think one story made the other one happen. I think made some other kid go, yeah, but this happened to me too. You know? I got touched. And that's another thing. That's why ESPN was like, check this tape out. They're like, oh, look at the ratings the Sandusky thing br uh, brought in. And they got beat so bad on this on that story that they wanted to break this one. Well, they had it. They could have broken it fucking eight years ago. They actually, the, uh, the tape that they matched her voice against was shot by one of my friends. Um, let's go over here to Anna. Anna, you're on my fez. Hey, how are you? Yeah. I just wanted to tell you guys that for child rape, it depends on the state, but I think there's like a 10-year statute of limitations from the time they first tell someone in some states. So it may be that the statute of limitations varies from place to place, but there, there often is one. Yeah, but like if a three-year-old kid doesn't have to fucking come up with a story by the time they're 13. It's no, they don't have to remember by the time they're 13, but let's say they remember it in therapy as an adult. That's when the 10-year clock would start ticking. It's five years from the date of last sexual contact or when it's reported to authorities. So if he reported this in 2002 and they didn't do anything about it, it's up. That's, that's what, that, That's the problem. That's then he's got a lawsuit against the, the fucking cops or the state or whoever has to handle that. He's got a fucking lawsuit. This guy got to get paid. He got touched through his pants. Make that money. But Bernie, fine, you know, other than getting fired and being ostracized by society, and I guess possibly a civil suit, uh, although I don't even know. Can I tell you something? Ostracized in Syracuse? No fucking way. Those people are going to celebrate him. I don't It's know. a nest of them. That's not the case. That's not true at all. Uh, John, you're on Run Fez. Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, what's up? I uh, just want to... Say one thing with ESPN. If you if you look at all these employees, a lot of them went to Syracuse, so that's probably why uh, they sat on this thing for eight years or ten years or whatever it is. 
Is that right? A lot of them went to Syracuse? There are a fair amount of, you know, like Syracuse, you know, just does have a big broadcasting school, and there are a lot of, fair amount of Syracuse employees, but they also say one of the reasons can be that this originally came to them in 2003, which is right after Syracuse won the national title with Carmelo Anthony, and ESPN has a huge contract with uh, the Big East uh, Conference, so they're thinking maybe they, they were in bed with them and didn't want to just ruffle feathers if they didn't have enough evidence. Yeah, well, it's something like that. All right, take care, guys. All right, peace. And no, no place could have more Syracuse employees than. By the than way, here. that makes your fucking school look worse than anything. That makes like, hey, we put money above children. It looks a lot worse than our fucking assistant coach was a weirdo. Yeah, but the the school didn't didn't know. I mean, they were told, but they didn't know about the tape. But they if didn't... the alumni, if the alum, if this turns out that it's the alumni, they don't want to hurt the school. That's what makes the whole place look fucking well, that awful. That's speculation. I think it's more. That's your speculation. No, but I think you're the one who just no, no, laid no. it on us. That's on ESPN. That's on ESPN. I'm not saying that they did it because they're Syracuse grads. I think they more did it to protect their television contracts, and they didn't. But wanna... you just told us that the place is packed full of Syracuse. There are a lot grads. of them there, but I don't Thank think. Thank you. That, I don't no further questions. Okay. I'm going to call the kid back up to don't, repeat don't. what happened. Though. <laughs> don't tell me don't. <laughs> you can't say don't bring that kid back Objection. up here. Don't believe that kid. Overruled. And then. They all started chanting Syracuse, Syracuse, as they peed in my butt. Go on. That's not enough. <laughs> I want more. What happened after we were done pissing? Hey, are you... What? Are you jerking off? What are you doing? <laughs> Come on. You're just someone in the courtroom. That's right. But, yeah, everyone from Syracuse is now to do the about face and been like, like, all the people who came out were like, Bernie Fine would never do that. It's very sad to watch them all be like, it's confusing and terrible that he was living a double life. I didn't know. And, of course, now the wife is saying, that's, the tape is doctored. And, which she also, uh, I believe, said in 2003, because somebody asked her about the tape back then. So, nothing's changed on the tape in the past eight years. They just decided to play it now. I can't talk about this fucking Syracuse problem every day. I, I care less and less about it. It's a shitty school that do shitty things to kids. That's, that's all we got to say. That's the whole fucking story. That's not necessarily all a true statement. Yes, it has hurt the value of my diploma right now, but I think they'll be on the upswing in a little bit, like a year or two, when people forget. <laughs> if they forget. You're done, Zito. Seriously though, wearing the sweatshirt today, I I kind of wore it to see how it would feel, and it felt please stop friggin talking weird. about please stop talking about Syracuse, please for the love of Christ, stop get it out of your rearview mirror and just move on with your life, move on. Fuck college, just wasted so much money. I don't talk about Sunny Purchase every day. You should. That's because there's no fucking kid touches there. Why don't you be one of those guys who's constantly going over the alumni, all the great fucking Sopranos actors <laughs> that came out of there? The Purchase Mafia. Hey, what's this nice one there for a time? Yeah, he's great. Hey, he's in prison. Nice. He is a good fucking actor. I don't Fuck give a yeah. shit what anybody says. Fuck yeah. The shit that he did with Spike was amazing. Um, finally starting award seasons are starting with the uh, New York Film Critics Awards uh, doing stuff. Um, and I think the uh, I forget the one the one uh, last night, the Gotham. Yeah, the Gotham Awards, uh, best film, Tree of Life. Oh shit! Which some people loved, some people hated. And uh, the film Beginners, about a guy. I mean, to me, it was like hard to believe, but this fucking gray-haired guy 
decides late in life that he's gay. Really? I mean, really late in life. Like, does he even have a chance at that point? No. Oh, God. No. Hmm. Unlikely. Um, really, I can see him get some dick, then. I don't want to take any of these Syracuse calls. I'm just done talking about Syracuse and kid molesters. Just I hear the name Syracuse, then my stomach turns. No. As if it's happening right now while the show's going on. No. It won't stop. It's a still a good school. Stanley Tucci went to SUNY Purchase. That's true. He's a fucking great actor. Melissa Leo. Huh? Fantastic. Just won the Oscar. Josh Hartnett. Terrific. Susie Essman. Lover. Ron Eldred. Uh, big, big fan of his. Parker Posey. Love. I missed the fact when Parker Posey was the it girl. That, I think, was the most fabulous time of independent film. She's awesome. Where she... And then, uh, uh, like, that Zoe kind of fucking replaced her, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, she went on the TV. No, she's the it independent girl. Yeah. But Party Girl is when everybody went... She's a quirky, weird girl. I wish I was. I wish I was with her. She's awesome. Yeah. A lot of people want to purchase. I, I wouldn't have expected yeah. the yeah. right. be that. It's a good fucking acting school. Actors, writers, directors, musicians. everybody comes out of there. Yeah, musicians. Syracuse at Lexington Steel. Stop saying Syracuse. Seriously, if I hear you saying Syracuse today, we'll have a two-week ban on Syracuse for now on because we're just ODing on it. People writing in, please, more topics. Does Zito know anything else? Mm-mm. God, read off some of the other ones. Ving Rhames. I didn't even know that one. Yeah, that's right. Steven Weber. He's terrific. Just one after another. Purchase Mafia, baby. That's it. Dan Deacon, musician Dan Deacon. Big and you Dan. also didn't uh, mention The Soprano Wife. Oh, uh, uh, oh, Jesus, why can't I remember her name? Well, it doesn't matter. She's a Soprano <laughs> Wife. That's plenty. All right, we're going to break here. Um... We'll be right back in a couple of minutes. Anything you guys want to talk about? Well, there's this uh, great thing on the Interrobang about why the 70s rocked. Rocked or rocked the fat ass? See, each decade, Fez, has things about it that was good and things about it that was bad. Uh, And so all we're looking for is the good? Yeah, looking at what, what made the I 70s had dis- rock. So I had disco, so that, that would be bad. I had gas prices. <laughs> I had Watergate. I had Jimmy Carter. He was a dick. I had losing to the Viet Cong. <laughs> Is that on there? No, that did not rock. All right, so uh, we'll try to play this with you. You're going to host it, Fez? Yes. All right, uh, then me, Hicks, and Syracuse will try to come up with some reasons as soon as we get back. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron Bennington, Fez Watley. This is the Ron and Fez Show. Weird medicine. Paging Dr. Steve. Paging Dr. Steve. Hey, it's your pal, Dr. Steve. Join Anna, Todd, and me this Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern for Weird Medicine. This week we'll discuss weird sleep episodes, jock itch and athlete's foot, performance anxiety, and a guy with a purple dick. Paging Dr. Steve. That's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of radio. Weird Medicine. Saturdays at 10 p.m. Eastern on the Opie and Anthony Channel. North America discovered them on Sirius XM. 
Hey, it's Mark from Foster the People. We want to thank all of Alt Nation's listeners for being a fan from the very beginning. Foster the People, thank you with an exclusive live private performance. Friday, December 9th. You'll be able to catch the show live on Alt Nation. Foster the People Live, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 Pacific, where it all began. Sirius XM 36, Alt Nation. Quietus contains homeopathic ingredients traditionally used to provide relief. Can you hear that sound, that ringing, that hissing? I can't get to sleep with it. I can't concentrate. I hear it constantly. Everywhere I go, it doesn't go away. It drives me nuts. It's tinnitus. A constant ringing in your ear caused by loud machines. Loud music. Ah, finally, quietus. I love quietus. I, I couldn't believe it. No more ringing in the ears. No more hissing sound. Quiet relief so I can work. No more ringing, no more loud fans. And I sleep like a baby. If you're suffering from tinnitus, I urge you to try Quietus. After trying Quietus, the ringing stopped and I felt like I got my life back. Quietus is real, my friend. Quietus has changed my life. Call right now for your risk-free trial of Quietus at 1-800-485-4617. That's 1-800-485-4617. Stop the ringing now. 1-800-485-4617. That's 1-800-485-4617. If you need to lose weight and you're willing to lose up to two pounds a day, please join our nationwide market study for a new weight loss breakthrough. Participation is free. We're conducting a market study, and we're looking for 50 participants from this listening area who want to lose weight immediately. HCG 5000 is the revolutionary weight loss solution that's helping people lose up to two pounds a day without going hungry or strenuous exercise routines. There are no pills to take, no meals to buy, and no meetings to commit to. Simply put the HCG drops under your tongue and watch your hunger and waistline shrink dramatically. To participate in this study, you'll need to lose at least 10 pounds and be 18 years or older. The first 50 eligible callers are guaranteed acceptance into the program and will receive a risk-free supply of this powerful weight loss breakthrough. Space is limited in this risk-free trial. Call 1-800-428-9679. That's 1-800-428-9679. Call now. 1-800-428-9679. Statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now, get a room at a great hotel at up to 20% less than other travel websites at getaroom.com. Get a room, 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 I booked my first two rooms on getaroom.com, and what a deal! I saved 20%. So I went to getaroom.com, and I got a great rate on a room in L.A. So I called just to make sure the rate was right, and I saved another 30%. Get a room. That's 1-800-HOTELS-8. Ron Bennington. Fez Watley. This is the Rod and Fez Show.
XM Sound of Change Project and Why Hunger remind you that 49 million Americans are hungry. Help by going to SiriusXM.com slash Hungerthon to make a donation and receive a commemorative John Lennon item. Plus, bid on auction items like VIP experiences at Graceland, the Daytona 500, or with Tony Hawk, guest DJ on Seriously Sinatra, E Street Radio, or the Grateful Dead Channel, and rare items signed by Coldplay, Nirvana, Eminem, Tom Petty, Willie Nelson, and more. Proceeds go directly to the Why Hunger organization. Learn more at SiriusXM.com slash Hungerthon. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit MatrixDirect.com. Sometimes I worry about what would happen to my family if I lost my job. But I never really thought about what would happen to them if they lost me and I didn't have life insurance. My cousin's husband died, and now she might have to sell her house just to make ends meet. I don't ever want to put my wife through that. So I called Matrix Direct. Hi, I'm Brent Langdon for Matrix Direct. We partnered with American General Life to find you their lowest rates on term life insurance products. If you're 40 years old and married, we could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for less than $16 a month. Call now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-608-6439. I feel so much better now that I called. It only takes five minutes to see how you could save up to 70%. Call now. 1-800-608-6439. 1-800-608-6439. Thank you for calling Rosetta Stone for your free language learning demo. Yeah, what's the catch? Excuse me? Your ad says I can get a free Rosetta Stone demo. So, what's the catch? No catch. We're so sure Rosetta Stone is the fastest, easiest way to learn a new language that we'll give you a free demo to try it for yourself. Okay, but I've tried to learn a new language before, and it was always too hard. Well, Rosetta Stone is a completely natural way to learn a new language, just like you learned your first language. No tedious translation, useless memorization, or boring drills. It even comes in 30 languages. Oh, but there is one thing. The catch, right? You could start speaking a new language in less than 15 minutes. Aha! Wait, did you say 15 minutes? To get your free demo from Rosetta Stone, call now, 1-800-440-7811. Experience for yourself the fastest, easiest way to learn a new language, guaranteed. For your free demo, call now, 1-800-440-7811. 
That's 1-800-440-7811. Thinking of owning gold and silver? Did you call the oldest, largest dealers and discover huge retail commissions? If you hate to overpay, listen very closely. Call Goldworth Financial, A-plus rated for 12 years, a bonded importer and supplier to the wholesale industry. Pay high retail commissions or get more gold. Request the Gold and IRA Guide free. 800-257-GOLD. 800-257-GOLD. Visit goldworth.com. Ron Bennington. Fez Watley. This is the Ron Fez Show. What is? It's the Ron and Fez show on a Tuesday, rainy Tuesday. Not a stormy stormy Monday, but a rainy Tuesday. I hate it. Um, do you really hate the rain that much? Well, there's just too much of it. I feel like it's been raining a lot. Just started today. Has it rained? <laughs> well, I didn't like go outside during the vacation. I remember it was raining before we left. Left for vacation. You don't go outside during vacation. Not a lot. I kind of just kind of stay in till nighttime and we go out for a little bit and then just... So if weather happens at night, you don't consider that? Not really. <laughs> okay. You can't really notice weather at night. I mean, it's really more like a day, daytime thing. So it's not so much that you feel the rain, you see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> see those laughing in your face? Fuck that. I'm making plenty of fucking sense. <laughs> That's right. Why did you take the uncomfortable slug of water then? Like, ah. Can you, did you get a hydrate? Did you feel the water in your mouth or did you just see it going I into it? Both. Oh, both. shit. Both. Fuck off, Zito. All right, Fez, you, wanna, you told us you wanted to do something here. Yeah, that's from the Interrobang. You can go there and see why the 70s rocked. Okay. Reasons why the 70s rocked. All right, I'm going to guess one. Uh, and if you'd like to get in on this, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, or leave your comments on the Interrobang. Uh, I would say it's the last time men could actually comfortably wear platform shoes and get away with it. Some androgyny was going down. There was the androgyny, but there was the fact that, is your chick taller than you? Let's add an extra seven inches right here. And get yourself some nice kiss boots. <laughs> Is that on the list, Fez? Uh, no, not men wearing platform shoes. Not on the list. Not on the list. Uh, Hicks, do you have one? The Fro? The Fro, last time it was fucking rocking hard. The Fro, we were just uh, discussing this the other day with Dr. J. The Fro was fantastic. Not only was it some of the greatest hair of all time, but you could leave your pick or Fro comb right there. And sometime have the black power say, thing right there on the end of the pick. Love it. Such a great fucking look. By the way, the pick also uh, was a terrific weapon. Just fucking stab a motherfucker yeah. in the neck. Hair did not make it on the list, but hair products. It really was the decade of shampoo in the 70s. 
We haven't used shampoo since? No, we have used shampoo, but it had great uh, 70s shampoo commercials. And that's where all of a sudden it wasn't just head and shoulders. Mm-hmm. There was shampoo like, gee, your hair smells terrific. Okay. And it became kind of a sexy thing to have shampoo, not just some soap you're scrubbing your head with. Mm. So up to that point, all through the 60s, they just scrubbed their heads with soap. Um, I still wash my hair with Ajax. <laughs> it's fucking funny. That's seriously funny as shit. We got any Ajax? <laughs> For some reason, my scalp is getting a little Ajaxy. y <laughs> um, soap is dusty. Aaron, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, you sound awesome, Ronnie. Um, the 70s rock for Stevie motherfucking Wonder. That's when he was in his prime, and he changed the world, in my opinion. Stevie Wonder, Fez. We're also getting updates that Hicks was correct that the fro is on the 70s list. Okay. All right, I didn't see it there. Yeah, it's there in some of the pictures, like with the sex- sexy revolutionaries of the 70s. What about Bake McBride Sports the Fro is on the list? When baseball went off the fucking rails, for the better, I think. Sure. What the fuck? What was the 70s baseball team to you? Um, so the Pirates. Oh, God, how I fucking hate that we are a family pirates. Uh, then you have the A's that were just one of the greatest teams of all time. But I'm a, you know, the big red machine. Yeah. The big red machine. First of all, you've got the Hits King on it. Not to mention, unfortunately for all the rest of us, I think the greatest catcher that ever lived. Johnny Bench. They're huge. What about Doc Ellis? I know he wasn't on the team, but... He was a pirate. That's right. Yeah. Love that acid story. Yeah. Fucking one of the greatest fucking stories you'll ever hear in your entire life. Carl, you're on Fez. Yeah, when, uh, women still had bushes. You like uh, ladies that are nat- on natural? Yeah, that's real. That's what, they were real women back then. Fez, is that on there? Uh, the real bushes are, is not listed on the Intero bag. Not as one of the reasons why the 70s rocked. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, or you can leave your comment on the interrobang of why you think the 70s rocked. See, I'm going to kind of disagree with you. I'm looking at the list, Fezzy, and I see the porn films of the 70s listed, and that's what made the Bush so popular oh. and remembered today. Oh, yeah. And it's coming back a little bit, too, in the porn. Well, anything to just, you know, they will, if there's a fetish, they're going to go to it. Or maybe ironically, they might be growing their hair ironically. <laughs> it's hysterical, my pussy's hairy. Can you have a Why did you drop cubicle? your shoulders, Fez? I'm fucking everything up here. Why, why are you fucking no. everything up? <laughs> I'm not realizing what, yeah, I was thinking, all I thought was Harry Bush wasn't going to be on the Intero Bang. <laughs> Do you read the list? Yeah, I did. I read it over and over. So, but I, I didn't know about um, the 70s porn. It's 
866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Why the 70s rocked? Why don't you give us one, Fez? Uh, Watergate going on. Where it's, uh, President Nixon actually forced out of office. You know, this is a decade where we talk about, you know, throwing, uh, everybody despising the government, no trust in the government, the parties are the same. 70s, they actually got rid of somebody, Richard Nixon. And even now, in hindsight, he never should have left. Clinton showed that. You didn't have to leave. Come on, tricky dick. Just be like, I don't want to go. Doug, you're on my fez. Yeah, 70s was all about uh, Southern Rock. Uh, Leonard Skinner, The Outlaws, Allman Brothers. Yeah, Southern Rock definitely on the list uh, under music for the Interrobang. Uh, Eric, you're on my fez. Yeah, you gotta love the 70s crazy exploitation movies like Blackula. Just love it. Bam Greer, baby. Well, there was a 70s cinema explosion, which uh, part of that was uh, black exploitation films. I, you know, when I'm looking up, what, what's on the list here, Hicks? For the 70s similar explosion, it was more like the, the Coppola's, Scorsese, Spielberg's. Well, we consider the high point of of film. But black exploitation was uh, well; those things were just uh, brought out to grindhouses or drive-ins. Melvin Van Peebles started. Yeah, sweet, sweet back. <laughs> sweet, sweet song or crazy <laughs> shit. And it just blew up. He is a fucking wild man. He's awesome. But just just the names in this, just the set in that single decade of directors, it's mind blowing that all of them came out of that just that one time period. Uh, Mongo, you're on Manifest. Uh, hey, Ron. Uh, the early '70s, especially, had the best muscle cars ever. I agree, a hundred percent. Muscle cars were like the last fucking time that people were excited about automobiles. Now, what are you gonna do? Fucking be sitting out in high school talking about your Prius? Check it out, man. Hybrid. Muscle cars not on the list of the Interrobang. Of things that made the 70s rock. You don't seem like you're that wrapped into this list, Fuzzy. No, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm not hearing the enthusiasm for the list. You excited about the list? I'm very excited about it. Um, Joe, you're on running Fez. Hey, boys, what's going on? Hey, Bob Seeger, how you doing there? What up? Uh, I think the best part about the 70s is that you could still swing from the Verrazano Bridge, and hopefully you and your afro would go right over the edge. Can you dig it? I knew that you could. Saturday Night Fever is what he's talking about there, Fez. Oh, okay. Yeah, Saturday Night Fever, of course, uh, along with the disco era that was there in the 70s. That helped make it rock. Disco rocked? Well, disco danced. Um, Kevin, you're on a fez. Hey, buddies. Uh, I think the bicentennial, especially coming right after Vietnam, was kind of a weird celebration, yet to have to look at ourselves. The bicentennial didn't make the list. 1976. But just talk about it, Fezzy. 
Why was it wonderful? Why did it make it rock anyways? Even if it was <laughs> That was very sweet of him. Just that are just talk about talk it a little bit. Come on, just reconnect it. Uh Dave, you're on Run of Fez. Uh yes. Uh, I I thought clothing, but more so than that, I know what's wrong with Fezzy today. What's up? Opie talked about Fez on his show, said he hadn't said nothing since two thousand and seven. I know it's getting to him. And about elevator rides. I didn't I didn't hear this. Sorry. But we're talking about why the 70s rock. That's on the Interobank. You can call in 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Bob, you're running Fez. Oh, goddamn. Never mind. <laughs> and you're running Fez. Hey, Ron. Uh, I think one of the big things was people growing large shrubbery in front of their house. I, the landscaping hasn't come up on the Ontario Bank. What about girls with big bushes? <laughs> oh, yeah, those bushes have been mentioned. But there was the uh, the new kitchen design and decor that's up there. Just the remodeled kitchens where avocado became like a giant color to have in your kitchen, along with tangerine and gold. Formica became very, very big at that point. I love the Art Deco look. Like egg chairs and shit? Nothing better for me. That's not egg Art Deco. It's not? Mm-mm. Art Deco is like the Superman fucking era. Oh. Like the Chrysler building is Art Deco. Oh, okay. So do you still love Art Deco? Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> oh, I shit. do. Why are you doing what? Oh, God, you fucking up. I didn't fuck up. So when we do why the 1930s rocked, <laughs> I want you to come swinging in on a rope. Hoovervilles. Do you mind if Fez... Uh, Fez if you let uh, him do why the 30s rock? Well, we're not doing that today. He can do that a different the time. <laughs> Save it. Train cars. The, the new you deal. Know, with the kitchens, too, the 70s was the launch of the Tupperware and the Tupperware parties, I believe, when that really, really took off. Is that on the list? Uh, yeah, there's a picture of the Tupperware there with the What do you call it? Design. Tupperware. 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 <laughs> if you have big portions. What's the name of it? Like a mumu. Tupperware. Tupperware. <laughs> Tupperware. <laughs> um, we bought some Tupperware. Um, Brian, you're in a fez. Brownie B. Seeger, what up? What up, dog? Um, hey, you out of the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wasn't it great watching uh, Bruce Lee kick ass? On the Intero Bank, yeah, that's theirs. Why the 70s rocked. Uh, Bruce Lee films, the Kung Fu pictures, and the Spaghetti Westerns are up there. All part of why the 70s rocked. Like Van Damme and any of those guys pulled no fucking... No, but I don't think nothing. anybody could touch Bruce Lee. No, just ridiculously badass. And the Bruce Lee fighting against Kareem is the greatest fucking that's that shot stuff ever. It's so iconic, it just looks crazy. And another thing that is great when Quentin Tarantino brought back the yellow jumpsuit and Kill Bill that was Bruce Lee's. So sick. Um Fez Watley running the gimmick today. How you feeling, Fez? Uh, a little shaky, but I love the seventies. Uh there's so many reasons why they rocked. Uh Keith, you're running Fez. 
Yeah, a couple of things. Um, back then, the chicks wore uh, hot pants and, and holder tops. And, and kids uh, back then uh, go to the ballpark and, and actually play baseball with a wooden bat. Just really, it was nothing like uh, the feeling of hitting a line drive with a, with a wooden bat. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I think that they had adopted the aluminum bat in the 70s uh, for Little League and high school. I think the aluminum bat was still pretty strong. Now, people would still use, there would be kids' wooden bats, but you could use an aluminum bat in Little League. I know when I play Little League, never touched a wooden bat. I know that because I hit 644, so don't fuck around. <laughs> Fucking rocking it. Yeah, driving line drives. Of course, I counted every error as a hit. Oh, God. That was a fucking triple. Put it in the book. <laughs> I would fucking walk over to the dugout and start yelling at the kid with glasses. Put that down as a fucking triple. Good. Keep that average up. You hit it to the pitcher and just kept running. <laughs> Not giving you a triple for that. Then you're fucking dead. Numbers mean everything to me. Fez Watley's got the stick here today. I'm feeling good about it. It's uh, Is this your way of getting back at Opie? After what he said today? Oh, absolutely. And I don't even know what he said. It's reasons why the 70s rocked. You can find it on the Interrobang there on the front page. And call in with your comments on why it rocked, or you can leave them there at the Interrobang as well. One thing that's there on the Interrobang is the urban mist that took off during the 70s. An urban mist. Um, urban myth. And that was just like a mist that hung over the city? Kind of like fog, right? Smog. Smog. There you go. Especially the big one, uh, Mikey, the life cereal kid, who supposedly had died from eating Pop Rocks and Coca-Cola. That is fucking true, though, because a friend of my cousin's uh, was driving yeah. uh, the ambulance and picked him up. Holy shit. And the Pop Rocks had come out of his eyes. Oh, my God. That's horrifying. There's also rumors that uh, Jerry Mathers who had uh, played Leave it to Beaver, had died in Vietnam. So these were all part of the urban myths that were uh, finding their way through the 70s. The popularity of Bigfoot. Alice Cooper was really Eddie Haskell from Leave it to Beaver. Leave it to Beaver ended up with a lot of urban myths around it. Well, because I think that was like, when those people hit a certain age, that was like their fucking childhood show. So, and then after Vietnam, it kind of meant, like, all, all the stuff that you believed in childhood really didn't hold any water, and this is what happened to that idyllic 50s fucking childhood. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go over here to uh, Brian. You're on Fez. 1974, Fez Watley celebrated his 50th birthday. Not quite. Why the 70s are rocked on the Interrobang. We're talking about that today. Of course, there's the birth of Saturday Night Live during the 70s when it came on in 1975 with the original cast of John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd and Gilda Radner. 
and has lasted all this time, become a TV institution. Um, hey, somebody sent this to me. X. Okay. There's a radio station called uh, K S H E ninety five. They're real rock. They're running. They're running a Bob Seger lookalike contest. Holy you shit. can win CDs, tickets, and more. All right. Oh my god! All right, let's do it. Okay. Oh, let's submit a photo of your Bob Seger lookalike, young or old, Bob, by <laughs> clicking here. I guess we're gonna go young. Well, except for the internal organs. <laughs> they come off like a mummy's. Pretty beat up. All right, I'll get ultimate hits. Rock and roll never forgets. Talking about why the 70s rocked, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. That's 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's, uh, well, this is odd. The 70s come up, and it's blowhard. So many things to think about. Such a wonderful time. Uh, the one thing I, I miss the most about the 70s is the drugs, particularly quaaludes. Fly 714, my friend. But fly you couldn't buy the lemons, those counterfeit ones. You had to get the real prescription ones. And it, I agree. I, I mean, you could live the rest of your life a happy person if you had a huge bottle of quaaludes. You could just... Well, first of all, who knows if you would live if you had That's a huge true. bottle. But who but, cared at that point? I mean, you were just so mellow and so melted and so relaxed. Uh, until... Maybe half a beer would set you off, and then you start swinging at everyone. And I remember um, they used to make chicks really horny too, if you remember, you know. And yeah, I've said that, but it was almost the first date rate drugs. They weren't, out, right? Yeah, they weren't so much horny as they were less back. likely to stop you. And if you combine that with a bottle of Boone's Farm in the basement with the black light poster, some incense going, and maybe you were on you the, a white guy in the seventies, blowhard or? Pretty much. I I just dug the hole hanging out, drinking the cheap wine, or the black lights. It was just the polyester. Uh, and, the, of course, the great punk music. I mean, how do you not have that? I mean, that was just the birth. And, you know, ironically, you know, you can make fun of disco, but there were some really quality disco songs out there. Well, the punk music definitely comes up. But the disco, there were some quality songs. Everybody likes to make fun of it. But I can name a couple of disco songs that you're going to say, wow, I like that on my iPod. All right, go ahead. Edwin Starr, a song called Contact. Soulful, powerful, really, really good as a disco song. Uh, Thelma Houston, Don't Leave Me This Way. Sure, Teddy Pendergrass does it, but Thelma Houston did it. Gr a great job. There are some soulful disco songs. Blowhard, Defending the 70s. It's a shocker. Thanks, buddy. Now, Quaaludes didn't show up on the Intero Bank, but, uh, of course, Cheech and Chong did when they became a 70s phenomenon with that up in smoke. They were huge. So the pot smoking there, that's covered. That's one of the reasons why the 70s rocked. Here's Susie. Susie? Yeah, Susie, how are you? Try the wine. Did anyone say a clockwork orange? No, Clockwork Orange wasn't up there, but also part of the 70s cinema. All right, all right, all right, Droogies. See, I consider him more of like a 60s guy that, you know, was still making stuff. And he went through like, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s. I mean, he was always there. Yeah, when I think of the 70s guys, it was all those guys that were kind of hanging out together. Came up. Yeah, came up and were almost helping each other. 
Brian De Palma, Scorsese, and weirdly enough, even Spielberg and Lucas hung out with those guys. Yeah. They didn't kind of break off until after Star Wars, where the other guys went, all right, you're doing your own scene. You guys are making yeah. giant blockbusters. But, you know, when Lucas made American Graffiti, that was a fucking terrific movie. He was right there with them. Yeah. Just a movie about kids driving around in cars. Um, let's go over here to um, Dave. Dave, you're on Run Fez. Yeah, I believe in Urban Myers instead of Urban Myth. And the Moog synthesizer came into its own in the 70s, and that was the last time motorcycles looked like motorcycles. Well, you know, you didn't even use the word motorcycle, I don't think. You just said Harley in the 70s. There wasn't... A chopper, maybe? Yeah, I mean, there wasn't any of the fucking Jap bikes. Or rice burners, as they call them in Astoria. <laughs> That's right. Also, part, uh, one reason why the 70s rock, the toys of the 70s. If you go to the Intero Bang, there's a great uh, commercial of the Evil Knievel Super Stunt Cycle that you can check out. People will have no idea how fucking big Evil Knievel was. And that was like the original merchandising. Evil Knievel might have been like the Michael Jordan of the fucking 70s. I was always... Where like little kids were crazy about him. Fascinated by the guy. Just he got the jump shit. I mean, you know, I grew up in the 80s, but he was still around. Fucking loved it. It was almost the saddest thing, though, because like he would be your hero... But as he's hitting the ramp, you'd be like this. Crash, 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 crash. Because you wanted to see the history of it. Everybody wants to see And the then when up. it made it, you're like, yeah, he made it. But the back of your mind going, ah, fuck. It would been a lot better. The other thing that I loved that he would do was like pull up on the ramp and look off on it. Like, Badass. I don't think anyone could do this. You know, like, I, I'm, I'm about to do the impossible. And you would be just fucking freaked. How do you do it? I think with the Evil Knievel toys, it may have been one of the first collect-them-all things. That may have started in the 70s, where you had to get his space cycle, his motorcycle, his Evil, Kne uh, Evil Knievel stunt camper. And it started a long line of correct uh, collecting. Bill, you're on Reddit Fez. Ronnie? Yeah. How you doing, buddy? What do you say? Um, well, I'm only 20 years old, so I wasn't obviously uh, alive in the 70s, but I'm a huge, huge fan of especially 72 progressive rock. Mixed in with a little bit of LSD, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, Pepper, what are we going to do acid? So what are the bands for you of that movement? Bring the Sid. Um, well, let's see. we got your Yes and Genesis, obviously the early stuff from there. Uh, I like, I'm a big fan of King Crimson, uh, Gentle Giant. Italian band called Premiata from Nerea Marconi. Pink Floyd, you know, I'm not really a prog band, but, you know, I guess you can throw them in there. The, that was all the music that kind of made people... I don't think there's uh, any better genre than that shit, man. There's, there's just... Well, that was the back. stuff that was so big, like, before punk, that, you yeah. know, where finally fucking kids were like, well, we can't play what those guys are doing. We're not the other way. But... People forget, yes, would come to New York and play Madison Square Garden 14 nights in a row. Holy shit. It's crazy shit. What the fuck? They would treat Madison Square Garden like it was fucking Broadway. They were gigantic. And, of course, the actual album itself, the physical album, which really took off in the 70s. And album cover art and just listening to the whole thing front to back. 
This is all on the Interrobang. Why the 70s rock? You can leave your comments there or you can give us a call. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Ford, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hi, hey, buddies. How about the, uh, the Broad Street Bullies? Dave Schultz, Don Seleski, Bob Kelly terrorizing the Bruins and the Islanders. And every bar around uh, New Jersey. Uh, Broad Street Bullies, great documentary on about them. I think ESPN did it. It's just fucking hysterical. And you could also see just how physically rough Philadelphia was in those days. Just the fans themselves look like they could beat the shit out of most of today's fucking hockey teams. It's the shit. Yeah. People used to fucking settle things by fist fighting. Like adults would be like, fuck you, let's take it outside. And no one got sued? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think there was a huge amount of that. It's crazy. I think the cops would come up and say... Look, this was a fair fight, and Never look, shake hands now. Settle this thing. <laughs> that was in the ESPN 30 for 30. Yeah, the brochure. It was. Bullies. It's a fucking amazing, amazing documentary. Um, I got uh, a little bit of bad news that just been posted up here. Well, of course, it's uh, no awful news. Um, Spy report. By report. But I guess something that we've all uh, braced ourselves before, and uh, it's up on Opie Radio now, that uh, the great uh, comedian Patrice O'Neill uh, passed away. And um, one of the most original comics uh, I've ever uh, seen. And I talked about this before. Patrice was the second person to do Unmasked. And it was about midway through that when I thought, oh, yeah, this is a show I wanted to do. Because Patrice was so um, smart and even smart in a way that was different than his stage persona. Uh, this is a, a heavy blow, uh, especially to all the guys on the ONA show who just love this guy. Um, it is remarkable. If you're a longtime listener of the ONA show, that you've had a chance to hear um, some of the comics just to be able to come in and and just kind of freewheel. And to me, Patrice was always one of those guys. I've talked about this before, but I thought Patrice's ideas were so original that I don't think that he had read much about the subject before he came in to talk about it, because it was always a, a, a spectacular new way to look at anything. Uh, all uh, thoughts uh, out towards his family. Um, and uh, again, to O&A and uh, all the comics that uh, love Patrice so much. At uh, Opie's wedding, um, Patrice was so pimped out that I'm like... I think you're trying to take it away from the bride a little bit. Awesome. I think there's, there, you, you know, they always say that a woman shouldn't overdress at a wedding, but I think <laughs> Patrice went a little far. Um, well, uh, of course, incredibly uh, too young for this, and uh, it's uh, it's really a blow. Uh, we will break now. Back in just a couple minutes. Um, it's uh, the Ron Fest show. <laughs>
tell me, Curly, how do you know Miss Cross? We went to Harvard together. Oh, that's great. I wrote a hit play and directed it, so I'm not playing it either. We get a check then. It's the Ron and Fez show. Uh, we were just talking about this. Uh, we saw on Opie's Twitter page, uh, Opie Radio, um, that Patrice O'Neill um, passed away. Only 41 years old. Um, no words uh, could... Uh, you know, be good enough to talk about that. Extremely, extremely funny, funny man. Um, Well-liked by other funny people. And, um, you know, when the initial thing came down, when he went into that coma and he didn't come out of it quickly, you know, like within the week, it didn't, you know, wasn't a, a, a good feeling. Um, at least, of course, it's not something that's going to linger anymore. But again, I don't know what kind of solace that's supposed to give anyone either. Um, if you'd like to talk about Patrice, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I, uh, I know that Opie and Anthony are going to have uh, a lot to talk about tomorrow because, um, you know, I was one of their guys for a long, long time now. Um, they had an open-door policy with uh, ONA. And, and quite frankly, and I've talked about this before, teasing you uh, listeners about ONA spoiling you over the years, they've always had a great eye on who the truly funny people were. It's not an easy place to go in there and hang out on the ONA show. You can't have, like, um, you know, a half an hour of great material, you know, and then still be able to go in there and and hang out. You got to be able to think on your feet all the time, and the guys that they have doing that show are always guys that can talk about any subject and want to be in there. The amazing thing about it is these are all night people. You know what I mean? There are late night people, the and they come in and do morning radio, and no one knows what's going to happen on any given day. No one knows what the topic is going to be, and you got to be able to swing. Um, so we'll take some of your calls, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, go over here to Ryan. Ryan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, thanks for going right to my call, Ron. I appreciate it. it uh, it's really sad hearing about Patrice. I, you know, I listen to you guys. You're my family on the road every day. And, and uh, some of the most riveting radio I've ever listened to was Patrice going into a story when he was in high school. Uh, being wrongfully accused of rape and, and went on for a while. I know ONA have the story probably on tape and, and have replayed it before, but um, it was a really sad day today uh, thinking about Patrice and all he's, all he's given to us who listen to him and you guys every day and, and really appreciate you giving me the chance to, to get on and say these things. Thanks, guys. You know, uh, he's going to be highly missed and maybe... Um, by 
just the funniest people. Uh, Bill Burr, when we did his Unmasked not too long ago, uh, was saying Patrice is the funniest. And this was before um, Patrice became ill. The other thing about, if you go back and listen to a lot of stuff, to me, the really good comics, the really great comics, are A, the people who made you think, wait, I never even thought of it from that angle before. Um, And a comic that can make you go, I disagree with everything that you're saying, but this is funny as shit. Uh, And Patrice had both of those things for me. There were things that he said, just like from a philosophy point of view, that used to make me just tilt my head a little bit. The stuff that we, um, when I did the Unmasked with him, and it's why I decided I really wanted to keep doing that show because there was a lot more than what's on the surface with anyone. But Patrice got into this thing as, I don't want to make everybody laugh. I just want my audience. I want, and we. I actually made him go through with it, and we decided on the figure, a hundred thousand people. If he could have one hundred thousand people in the country that would come and see him and buy his product, he would be more than happy. He wanted to be a boutique business because the mass appeal thing didn't, you know, appeal to him at all. And oddly. Now that I think about it, I don't even know if that was a choice because when you are just not just trying to please the audience all the time, you don't have to worry about being mass appeal. You're only going to please the people who are willing to take that leap with you. And I think he had that. And I think that's why uh, really, really funny people are gigantic uh, fans of uh, Patrice. Uh, Will, Will, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. Um, I just started listening to the channel back in 2007, and the first couple times I heard Patrice on ONA, I just I didn't get him, and I didn't like him. And then before I knew it, he was my favorite comedian they had on there. And the thing about him, he was able to mix a, a certain amount of anger, a certain amount of humanity, and a certain amount of sincerity to create a very unique voice. And he was really one of the most funny guys I think I've ever heard. So I... I I, you know what, and I don't, I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm not sure that on the first time that I heard him, I was the biggest fan too, because I felt like he was talking over Anthony too much for me. I'm like, please, uh, quiet down, sir. You know, when I was listening. And then it was as you got used to him. And again, that happens with some of the best comedians, that it takes you to find the paces with them. And some of the uh, comedians who do well with audience and get laughs, and you know you accept them immediately because they're nice, harmless people. They don't stay in your memory at all, and they certainly don't change the way you think about things. Um, and to me, I don't know if you can be a great comedian without having some kind of social change to what's happening about you without being able to say this is something that happens um and it is not fair and this is what happens or what should happen and while you're saying that make people laugh and make even the people laugh and go yeah i fucking do that too you know and that's why some of his race stuff and then some of his like war again uh, between the sexes was you know always always terrific um 
Let's go over to our little buddy Flea. We haven't talked to him in a while. How you doing, Flea? Uh, you know, I've been better. But it's, you know, Patrice is one of the best thinkers and one of the funniest people. But one thing that he's done, and I'm sure it's not just for me, but it's for other people, he changed people's lives with his wisdom. I mean, just, I know this is going to sound silly, but it's, you know, when he said having your swagger and knowing about yourself and his advice, you know, not just to me personally, but listen to him on the air, but also off the air. It's just, he's so, it's, I've been a fan of his for, you know, 10 years, ever since WNEW, and then his stuff on Tough Crowd, that was just brilliant as well, when he would just control the room and then hearing him back and seeing him live. One of the best comics of all time, one of the best thinkers, and just a guy who I, I, I just want to thank Patrice for everything he did and really helping my life and turn it around and helping me become a man. I know, I know it seems silly and stuff to, you know, people, but... I don't know. I can't. I. It's. I love. Clay, I love Patrice. You are I, one I, uncomfortable I, kid. Thank you. What incredibly uncomfortable kid. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. If you uh, just joined us. Uh, sad news. And this was up on Opie Radio. And I, I wouldn't have announced it unless I saw that uh, Opie had put it up first. Um, that Patrice O'Neill had passed away. Anybody who... Uh, was listening to uh, the day that ONA broke that news. Uh, you know, part of you was like, oh, I hope he bounces back real quick and I hope it's better than ever. But the other part of uh, me that worried about that is I sincerely didn't want anything to happen to his mind, you know? Um, I sincerely wanted, you know, the best outcome that could could happen. But... It just seemed horrifying to me that if he would have came out of that and not had that same kind of mind. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, let's go over here to Chris. Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. How's it going? What can we do for you, buddy? I just wanted to comment on the fact that you mentioned how um, how the ONA spoils us with comedians. I agree with that 100%. And I wanted to comment on how... Patrice's laughter alone when they would be joking around on the show would be so contagious. I've never heard anybody whose laughter is so contagious where he would start laughing and I would be hysterically laughing even if I didn't know what he was laughing about. It's uh, unbelievable, and he'll be greatly missed, and I appreciate you making the announcement. You guys rock. All right, thank you. Uh, here is Suzanne. Suzanne, you're on Hey, Ron. I just wanted to say that Patrice was so funny and one of the reasons he was so funny is because he was so smart and one of the other few people that fall into that category is you you have the same type of just you what you say i stop and say you know what that is the funniest fucking thing i ever heard but i've never thought of it that way you know what let's think let's talk about me tomorrow i'd love to get back to me as soon as we can okay good. um but you know i don't want this to become like Zito does with Syracuse. Like, let's constantly, constantly get this back to Syracuse until the complaint mail starts to come it's in. about Patrice. Oh, no. Um, let's uh, head on over here to Dave. Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Um, oh. One thing I'm going to miss about Patrice, I noticed whenever he used to come on the O&A show, never have they been called the N-word so many times by one man. And I also want to say... Fuck XM and Sirius for not giving him his own show. 
his freaking advice, his love advice was just mind-blowing, man. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. That show was great. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love listening to that thing. <laughs> the Saturday, on the was on Saturday Night Fire, so it was awesome. It was really some of the funniest shit ever. Um, <laughs> let's go over here to Johnny. Johnny, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Rock, how you doing? What can we do Hello? for you? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, I actually am a comic, and uh, I opened for Patrice as recently as October. Um, and he couldn't have been a nicer guy. I've actually opened for him seven times and developed a little bit of a relationship. And he was, uh, he was very supportive, great guy, one of the funniest human beings I've ever been in a room with. And uh, he had to walk a table of 13 at Comics at Foxwoods and ended up giving the waitress the money, paying the waitress out of his own pockets take care of the girl to make sure um, that she was handled. So, and I just found out that he died 30 seconds ago. I'm really kind of upset right now. But I, So you know, really, just, right up into the end, he could still walk a room, though. He could still, table he, 13, he, got weed or leaving. Table of 13, he walked. Uh, this was the first week in October. Yeah, he walked hardcore, just wouldn't, wouldn't let up. Smashed 13 people out of the room who were regulars of the club, and it was fantastic. <laughs> what, um, what... What exactly was he saying to him? Do you remember? Uh, not exactly. Uh, well, ladies, uh, we, you know, it was a, a, an obnoxious bitch in the front who kept talking and kept talking and then made it about, do you know who I am with this bullshit? She was a judge or something like that. And he smashed her. He didn't give a fuck. And he knew exactly who she was and how she was passive-aggressively trying to fuck the show up and got into her head the same way he always had uh, his fantastic psychology where he just breaks down and simplifies a moment to the person to the point where like it, it was just so beautiful to watch him smash these people. I don't remember the verbiage exactly. I'm sorry. But. All right, Johnny. Thanks uh, for calling. Uh, how funny though uh, even at that point of his career could still get a table of 13 up and out. And you know that those people are driving, well, fuck you, you know what I mean? Just fucking hilarious. I, uh, you know, talked about this before um, with Patrice as far as being an original. Is go back and watch the last time he was on the Jimmy Fallon show. Just how unlike a talk show guest that he was like... I was laughing at my house because he came out, started talking to the band, then people in the audience, <laughs> and he really, you're like, well, there's a certain way to come out on the couch, plug your gig, you know, eye contact with the host, do the things, but he was so completely different, and I thought the same thing about the roast. He did not come out and do the typical way that you're supposed to be on a roast. I just found that fascinating about him. Um, Jeff, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Tough day to hear about Patrice's passing. You know, as a hayseed redneck and a flyover state, Patrice's honesty uh, about himself, about race, about the things. So at times I was just going right along with him. Other times it his honesty challenged my own ways of viewing viewing people in general. That that it, it, it was you know sometimes it was brutal and it, it it just shoved it shoved a sword right in my heart and made me have to sit there and go, wow, I'm an asshole, uh, you know. But you know, and, and some of his things that he said really made me think because of his absolute unflinching honesty uh, uh, about the things that that uh, he spoke about. 
passionately speaking about what was just amazing. It was just amazing. No, I will agree, too. And I also agree with that thing of, like, you did not agree with him, uh, sometimes not immediately, like you would go later, like, yeah, I've thought about that a little bit. And that is true. Or other times, no, I've thought about it quite a bit, and he's just wrong. You know what I mean? (laughs) Which was enough to always keep your interest. And again, one of those things, the fact that you go out and you're not trying to say the thing that pleases everybody. um, Stunning. Uh, Stunning. And I'm going to say it one more time to you uh, folks, that you really don't get how lucky you've been over the years with a lot of the comics that ONA brought in and the free reign and the fact that like you bust you hear them bust each other's balls so you're going to jump into it and you know to try to act like that you know cuz they get their balls busted sometimes to act like Bobby Kelly or Rich Voss aren't fucking phenomenal comics you know it's sometimes i get a little annoyed at the audience i really do <laughs> I get a little annoyed at the audience. Um, here is um, Neil. Neil, you're on the Run of Face show. Hey, fellas. Uh, you know, it's such a sad, sad occasion. I think we lost one of the uh, comedic geniuses of our time. But I got to meet Patrice last year at uh, Anthony's Poker Tournament at Foxwoods. And uh, about a month before that, he had he had went on a rant about the United Areas of America, and it's probably one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. And uh, we, we just sit and hash that out, and he's just such a great guy, just a bigger-than-life personality. Thank you so much, uh, my friend. Uh, here's Dave in Philly. Dave, go ahead. Hey, uh, Ron. Uh, real upset about the news. Actually, I met him uh, about a month ago here in Philly. I saw him, and uh, in the same vein that you're talking about uh, with... Uh, how we're spoiled on a ONA. You, you honestly, you feel like you're, uh, you know, sometimes you're just hanging out at the comedy cellar with them at the table. And uh, I actually, uh, I, you know, it's in poor taste now, but I, I gave them a gift after the show, uh, gift wrapped in like uh, wrapping paper and whatnot, um, with a note that said, uh, uh, it was a, it was a, box of uh, extra dark brown sugar because apparently that's better for diabetics and said uh, uh, a spoonful of extra dark brown sugar helps the uh, insulin go down and you know he laughed and everything but uh, next day I sent him a tweet a private message saying uh, sorry you know if the health situation is bad I apologize I'm not you know and now I just feel awful about it. Well, also, Dave, I kind of feel like this is your fault. If I'm yeah. going to be totally honest, that's the type of thing that could push a person over. Looks like we zeroed in on um, Let's go over here to uh, Adam. Adam, you're on Run Fez. Hey, as in, uh, I went and saw Patrice at his last taping, the special that he did for Comedy Central, and I've never met so many awesome, diverse people waiting online for an hour and a half to see this guy. And, and there was a lot of ONA fans, but there was a lot of people that just knew of him, and it was just so awesome to talk to people. And, and I, I always felt like when we were all hanging out, because I still talked to most of the guys that I met that day, is that, you know, we, we, we all just hit it off. It was, you know, it was like one unit, and, and we all got together. It's like 
I don't know. It was very interesting for me, and and I and I was horrified to, to hear that, that that he passed away and stuff because he was so awesome on O and A. And as and as a, a, you know, I want to be stand up. I'm a comedian, but I'm trying to do stand up, and it was it was just so awesome to hear him and stuff. He was so brutally honest, and even during his taping, like there was one woman, one woman that stuck out to him because she was folding his arms, and he just assassinated her. <laughs> and it, it was just amazing, like, just to stop the whole taping, just to go after this one woman, because it obviously bugged the shit out of him, you know, which, whatever she was doing. You know, to get back to that um, that special that he did, um, I guess that was last year, the one kind of small silver lining would be that I know that he was saying, and I think he said this on ONA, and then on some uh, shows after, that this was one thing that he was really happy with um, that he did. Um, that, you know, he felt like, okay, this came out the way that I I wanted it to. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Andy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, no songs today. Um... I gotta admit, uh, this is weird. Uh, you know, I, I just, I'm stuck in a car eight hours a day, driving, listening to both shows. And, um, to hear one of you guys pass on, it's, it's bizarre. Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know Patrice. Patrice doesn't know me from Adam, but it's just such a kick in the gut. Um, and I gotta be honest though, uh, my own father had a massive stroke when I was very young, and for those of you out there that don't know what strokes do to people, if there is a blessing to take from this unjust parting, it's that a stroke never gives you back the person it takes from you. It's the worst case of like making a copy of a copy. And, um, you know, Patrice being who he was and being so large in life and being being such a proud individual to, 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 you know, to get taken down this way, it just, it, it really, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. All right. I appreciate you calling, Andy. Uh, and I, I had mentioned that, too, um, that it was one of the things that I worried about with that, is I certainly didn't want anything to happen to his sense of humor and his style of thinking. Uh, but again, I'm not a family member. When it's your family, you're like, you know, we want whatever, you know, we'll work on it, we'll build on it. But yeah. I remember, particularly when he didn't come out of the uh, coma very quickly, that it was uh, it was just a, a frightening aspect to think that that could happen. Uh, let's go over to uh, Billy. Billy, you're on my face. Hi, Ron. It's 20-year-old Billy again. Um, first of all... I don't know who you are or why you're doing this. Death. Uh, second of all... Pepper, I was so totally serious about doing ass with you. I, now, I just, uh, what the, we got to get somebody on our phones. Um, let's go over here to uh, go to Chris. Chris, you're Ronnie Fez. Uh, yeah, Ronnie. I just want to say, I, you know, I don't know if there'll ever be another comic uh, exactly like Patrice. Um, I don't remember ever being this upset about uh, the passing of somebody that I didn't know. Um, I think what I liked best about Patrice was uh, he had the unique ability to keep you laughing even if you didn't agree with him. Um, you know, if it was a racial dialogue or something political 
um, him and Anthony, they would, they would still both be laughing. It never got that uncomfortable um, because although he took what he was talking about seriously, um, he didn't go too far with it, and he never sucked the humor out of the conversation, and I think that's a real hard thing to do. It's absolutely a hard thing to do. And the fact that I've always, uh, I've actually always tried to even learn from that, the way that uh, Patrice and Ant would disagree on all those things. But then to seriously love each other. I mean, I know Patrice was just out there over the summer barbecuing at Ant's house at one of the parties. And that sometimes that when you get into political fights and philosophical fights, you think that they're bigger they sometimes feel bigger than human emotions, but the human connection is more important than anything else. The fact that those guys could do that. Um, tomorrow's ONA show, uh, I'll certainly be uh, listening in for that because, uh, as I said, these guys have had Patrice on for many, many years, and always there was uh, a free reign. Patrice would never... Or any of the comics. And again, this is just so unusual in terms of radio, where the people come in and go, you know, I hung out and basically got to do just as much as the the host, though. It's a really, really unique thing that O&A have done with those comics. Um, Hi, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, I'm a comic. I just wanted to say... uh the, the beautiful thing about Patrice is, you know, a lot of comics are very word for word, and we write what we write, and we stick with it for our little time on stage. And Patrice could go on stage and just do two, three minutes, and then see something in the crowd that he can pick on and talk for an hour about it, and still have you crying hysterical, and then without blinking, just go back to what he was talking about an hour before. And it's really hard to. Uh, to picture somebody doing that, but there was, there's was nobody better than him at doing that. And, you know, we really did lose a, a real hero in the comedy world. See, that's today. what, see, that's the thing that people don't always understand about really funny people is that the mind is working on so many different levels. And one level it's working on this joke, but on another level it's like, okay, where are these jokes going to take us? Or is it the time to stop going off road, they get back on the road. And I've really noticed, particularly since doing the Unmasked show, is that you're not going to run into funny people who aren't incredibly bright in other areas. Um Certainly not people that um, are bringing something new and original into this. Uh, here's Happy Typing Girl. Hey, Ronnie. Terrible, terrible news. Um, and like uh, I think a couple callers ago said, it's it's amazing to be so affected when someone who you didn't really know passes. Um, you know, I, I met Patrice but I didn't know him, and I, this feels like such a tremendous loss. Um, and, and everybody says such nice things about him, and, and, and everything is so dead on. I just wanted to add um, um, two things that, um, that I was thinking about today. And he, he was such an inspiration. They say about a lot of people, you know, when they met him, they broke the mold. But, I, I mean, with Patrice, it really is true. There, there is nobody like him left on this planet. And what really showed me that was um, during the whole Imus controversy when, when Imus was getting fired and everything. So few people, I mean, you were one of those people speaking about it, but so few people would speak about it at all. 
And the way Patrice spoke about it, I think it was on Fox News and also on a radio show, I sat there with my jaw on the floor with how brilliant he was and how he got to the heart of the issue and how unafraid he was of speaking his mind, even though everyone else seemed to be afraid at the time. Um, oddly enough, too, during the Unmasked, he brought that up as like the three things that he was most pleased with that he had done. And one of them was being able to go on uh, Fox News and express himself that well. And he was amazing. And, you know, black people were mad at him at that time because sometimes people were just as like if, if people will go, oh, something got said anti-black and if you're black you'll go with it same time that if something gets said anti-gay people are like you know gay people will be like all right let's shut that down not knowing right. that it will come back and reflect upon them but yeah, i thought patrice's thing of understanding the bigger picture during that was phenomenal it was so rare and then the other thing i just wanted to mention quickly was i was so inspired by um the unmasked you did with you when he talked about just not needing to, to have every person in the world listening to him and not needing to be the most famous or have the most money. He just, he had an ethic uh, that I thought was really incredible and not, not just a bunch of bullshit. You know, I, I saw some things with Patrice, too, not long uh, ago, where he was actually talking about not doing comedy long-term, that maybe getting into producing and stuff. I was very, very surprised when I saw it. And, you know, sometimes people say that, but it doesn't, you know, work out that way. But I guess we'll never have any idea. It's just a, a huge loss to everyone who knew him and, and to the world, and especially to people who didn't get a chance to know him yet. It's just such a big loss. Thank you for talking about it. All right, HTG, take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Uh, we are talking about Patrice O'Neill, who uh, did pass away uh, today. It's up on uh, OP Radio on Twitter. Uh, and o and I'm sure, will have a lot to talk about uh, this uh, tomorrow. No idea exactly how they're going to handle it, but uh, the way they handled the fact that when we first found out that Patrice had the uh, stroke, um, I, I'll always remember that show. Uh, Doug, Doug, you're on the Run of Fish show. Did you say Doug, Ron? I did. Hey, uh... Yeah, I had heard Patrice on your uh, Unmasked, and, you know, of course he is so brilliant, and he, right before he died, too, he had done a um, podcast with Jay Morse, and yeah. uh, he might be playing that again. But in that, he had said he had bought all the recording equipment to, to do a podcast, and it was just kind of sitting there in, in a box, and Jay was trying to get them all fired up, and, and I was getting excited, you know, with it, and Jay's all pumped, and then finally, at the very end, uh, in perfect honesty of Patrice fashion, he just says, "Ah, I'm lazy." Yeah, and that was the end of it. It was just beautiful finish because you get all built up, and then he just like, "Ah, fuck it, I blow it off." Well, you so, know, it even uh, he brought up during that podcast too that he just kind of walked away from that uh, office thing um, when he had it, yeah. and I remember when like uh, Ricky Gervais uh, was just breaking in America. And, you know, just accolades were coming about the British office and stuff like that. And he, they asked him about American uh, comedians or his favorite comedians. And he brings up Patrice. Nice. And this is Patrice, I guess, right at the beginning of Tough Crowd or 
maybe even right in before, but certainly didn't even seem like a, you know, far from a household name at the time. And I was like, really funny people, and I'm talking about Gervais now, can recognize really other funny people. You know what I mean? You just, you know, can spot it. Um, Let's go over here to um, Dave. Dave, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, good afternoon, Ron. It is a uh, it's a very sad day, and I'm sorry to see him go. And I know he's been on your show and Opie and Anthony's show dozens of times, all the way back from the WNEW days. And I'm in radio too in this awful business. And what I remember most, and what I enjoyed most about having Patrice on there, is when the conversation would not necessarily get stale, but that Patrice would ask about the inside workings of radio because he would come in the show, you know, most of the time for free even at 6 in the morning or when they were on in the afternoons, and just give you a behind-the-scenes look of what was going on. And to me, I just found that so interesting. And, you know, he would come on the show not as a black man or as a minority, especially when he was talking to Ant, but just as someone that needed to know and would dig at those questions. And the arguments that him and Anthony would have are, are sometimes priceless, and they both made valid points but you were seeing it from both different sides of the spectrum. And I hope that lives on. I hope there's tapes of him, you know, floating around somewhere where not only his comedy routines, but the guy was a brilliant man. I mean, he was yeah, very he was. smart, and he would always take the opposing view, and it was just, you know, I'm, sa- I'm sad that I'm not going to be able to hear that anymore on the radio when he comes on in the afternoon or even with you guys. You know, that thing that you said before, too, about him just bringing up things that yep. other people don't say, in a way... And and I mean this in the best way. It was almost like this, like a baby would say something. You know what I mean? Like he said it from a place of complete innocence, and that always cracked me up because you really like part of you is like, why, why would you even say that? You know, this is a business. It was amazing <laughs> stuff. Um, let's go over here to Jose. You're on Fez. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. Listen, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really sad right now. He was one of the best comedians that I could know. And without him, I wouldn't have my favorite phrase, the side pussy, because honestly, I, I have a side pussy thanks to him. And people just don't realize that we lost one of the best comedians out there right now. And you can't replace him because when he go on A, he take over the show, and I loved it. I don't see nobody replacing him. Um, no, no, that, uh, you know, you don't sit around and talk about a, a personality like his and then go, so here's the next guy to do that. Do, somebody will be there and just be different, but it certainly won't be the same. The next person will be funny. There will be entertainment. There always is, you know, um, but it, it was certainly, um, a unique, unique voice. Um, Let's go over here to Ed. Ed, you're on Running Fest. Hey, Ron. Man, I tell you what, I've, I've never met Patrice, but I felt like I just got a blast, a hole right through me, man. Patrice is wise beyond what we can even comprehend. Some of the stuff that he says, and my heart really goes out to his family and his close friends. I feel like I've lost somebody really close to me, but I'm really going to miss his laugh. All right, my friend. Thank you very much. Let's go over here to Jake in Jacksonville. Go ahead, Jake. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Um, 
I think I had the same reaction you did, Ron. The first I was exposed to him on O and A, and I'll be honest, the first time I heard him, I just thought he was such a loudmouth mm-hmm. that I, I turned him off. And every time he'd come on, I'd turn him off until you know I'd listen a little more, listen a little more. And the guy just had such a passion, and you know I finally realized what a bright and I think underneath it all sweet guy he was. And uh, you know the only comparison I can make, I had the same reaction to, to Bill Hicks when I first heard him, and. and as far as I know, he's gone down and remembered as a real comedian's comedian, and I hope that you know Patrice gets the same respect. That's all I got. Uh, thank you very much. You know, no one knows how time is going uh, to treat anyone, um, but Hicks was not a uh, a household word during his uh, lifetime. People didn't uh, certainly. I don't even think you you know did any of the shows outside of Letterman. I think Letterman, went, went, that was like doing Conan in those days. You know, yeah. It was 12.30 in the morning. I don't think he did Tonight Show. and I don't think he had an HBO special. Yeah, he shot a special in, I think, England. Yeah. Um, well, he was kind of big in in, in there. Uh, by the way, and, and I brought this up before, when Patrice went to England, is how Gervais found about him. Um, sometimes not everybody gets it at first. Um Let's go over here to Eric. Eric, you're running Fez. Hey, Ron. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, sad day. I just want to say Patrice was a genius. He, he brought out nuances and observations in, in people, politics, whatever he talked about that people didn't see or, or, or really pick up on. And he would pick up on them and, and you know, get out of people on them. And, and he was just a genius. Everything he did was, you know, for for fun, basically. Even in, he made fun of himself and, he wasn't, you know, too too high on the hog to, to do that and stuff. And I just, man, I just miss Marty, man. Thank you, my friend. You know, um, and I'm trying to find a way to express that. But there is definitely a thing that we all get into with our thinking that we accept certain stuff that became, you know, opinions before ours just as fact. And then we start from that point on. But it always seemed to me that Patrice had almost no knowledge of the subject other than his own. <laughs> and that's what I thought was completely unique and fresh about him. Um, let's go over here to... Um, well, let's go to Sean. Sean, you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, Patrice was the first uh, iTunes download I bought. I heard, it, I heard his Black Patrice show. Or uh, uh, Patrice uh, Black oh, Phillip. Yeah. And uh, it just made me purchase. And I was supposed to go see him at the DC Improv last summer. And uh, my van overheated on the way. And I was more pissed off that I missed Patrice than the van blowing up. Uh, let's go over here to Nick in Boston. Nick. Hey, guys. I just want to say, you know, your morning really determines how the rest of your day is going to go. It can make or break your mood. And Patrice just had a way of making my morning always, you know, on the ONA show with laughs. And, you know, you could be stuck in, in horrible traffic or just, you know, anticipating a really bad day. But when you hear him in the morning get laughing, get, he gets you on a whole different mood. And, well, and uh, also in that thing of that show, like, no, at the time we don't... uh always realize it but can you picture him being on another show a lot like he did with ONA I mean there was just something about that show where he had his freedom yet 
there was somewhat of an anchor for him to hold on to and wait, you know what I mean? Like he just didn't zip off forever. Uh, and you never know how things work out. A lot of times when stuff is happening, you don't even recognize it for what it is, but there is a ton of recorded material now that never would have existed. You know, if we go back to, uh, Let's say George Carlin. We don't know what George Carlin is like, rolling, moving in and out of things. You know what I mean? Like, you saw Carlin when he was done. But when you listen to Patrice on ONA, you would hear him asking questions you know, he is. about something out of, the, out of the news. Like, you know, the ONA would have some topic. He would start asking questions because he had no knowledge of this thing. And then you would get to the point of, all right, here is the opinion that he's decided. Here's what he's comparing it to. Here's what he's going back. So there's a ton of recorded um, material now on just how a great comic thinks, how they put shit together. I don't know how many shows you can say that about. You know, I don't know how many comics uh, have that or how many radio shows have ever been set up where somebody could have done that. Um, let's go over here to, let's go to, um, John, John, you're a manifest. John, we got you, buddy. Hey, yeah, I'm here, guys. Hey, listen, I want to offer my condolences. Uh, I'm really sorry for that, for your loss. Hey, uh, you know, I think, I think your fans and the Opie and Anthony fans, uh, and I know there's a ton of them listening to you guys right now. I really think that we owe it to Patrice, his legacy, and, and to you guys, you know, uh, to go to iTunes, and if you've never bought anything on there before, go buy Patrice's stuff. He's got videos on there. He's got albums. Um, you know, we owe it to him. I mean, he's a big part of that show, and uh, and we need to keep his legacy alive, in, in my opinion. Thanks for calling, John. Here's Charlie in Santa Cruz. What's going on, Ronnie V? Yeah, hey. Patrice, it seemed like he had a unique uh, sense of humor, and it's sad that people didn't get his humor. You know, I'm not saying that we're better fans for understanding what he would say, but I feel bad for the people who didn't get what he had to say. And it was very unique. It was so fun. And your guys' humor, you guys got great humor. So was O&A. But that's for the people who don't realize what they're missing. They're scared of it for some reason. That's the way it really is. Yeah, I think, though, you know, that sometimes when you try to make something for everyone, um... You just water it down. Uh, but, you know, we're saying, oh, not enough people know him throughout his life. He's trending right now on Twitter um, as the number one trend. The people who uh, got Patrice certainly loved him, certainly uh, thought the world about him. And we're not talking about him like he was some kind of saint. You know what I mean? We're talking about him like he was a guy who was uniquely funny. And from my point of view, that carries a lot. I'll put up with just about anything else. If you can bring me something really <laughs> new and really funny. Um, let's go over here to Mike. Mike, you're on a fez. Uh, hey, buddy. It's a uh, pretty sad day today. Um, first, i, I got to be honest. I never heard of Patrice until I, I got uh, XM. And I put on ONA for the first time. And the first day I, I listened... They had this woman on, Dr. Z. She, uh, I don't know really like what she does, or she must have wrote a book to, to, that she was promoting. And, and Patrice was in 
And he 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 had me hooked after that. Just the he was grilling her. He was absolutely like killing her, making her so uncomfortable. But she she flowed with it too. He after that he had me hooked. And every time I would turn on okay, uh, sometimes I wasn't in a mood, but if he was on, if he was you know sitting with them, I would just listen to the entire length of the show because he made that show. He was on it absolutely. 100%. And he had me hooked after that, and I haven't missed anything that he's done since. Thank you very much, my friend. Here's Jeff. Jeff, go ahead. Hey, buddies. Um, I just want to say, Joe, uh, on Joe Rogan's podcast, on Jay Moore's podcast, they both held Patrice in an extremely high regard. Joe Rogan, Joey Diaz would always talk about how he's one of the better comics to come out of Boston in the last few years, along with Bobby Kelly. And I was recently watching uh, Tough Crowd Clips, and there was one with Lisa Lampanelli, and she did some stupid black comment. And Patrice and Voss, the look on their face uh, when they heard that was priceless. He was a comic genius, and he was just, just fantastic. I'm, extre- I'm extremely sad. Um, yeah, and, you know, it's one thing to make it with the masses, and it's another thing to have the respect of your peers. To have the respect of your peers is a phenomenal thing. And I'm looking over at the people writing about him right now on Twitter. Uh, Justin Stangle, Colin Quinn, Doug Stanhope. I mean, these are people that if they died today, we'd be talking about in the same way. Yeah. You know what I mean? When the really funny people say, this guy is funny, I, I for me personally... That's better than having some shitty fucking TV show that, you know, a lot of people um, watch because it happens to come on at 8 o'clock on a fucking Thursday. But the fact that people who really do what you do think that you're remarkable, that's that's amazing to me. Um, Let's go over here to uh, Dimitri. Dimitri, you're on my face. Hey, guys. Uh, listen, I saw Patrice uh, twice live, and both times I was just astounded by the way he interacted with the crowd, whether it was hecklers or just someone sitting, uh, you know, in the right place at the right time. I mean, I, I think he, he came across on stage the way he came across on ONA, very in the moment, very even though he had an act to do, still very much in that mold of anything that happens is going to affect what you see. And you never saw the same show. Like both times I saw him, it was on warm up for getting ready to record a special. And the special was nothing like what I saw that night. Both were great, but they were two completely different shows just based on the way he interacted with the crowd. Thank you very much, my friend. Here's Patrick. You're on the run of Fez show. Hey guys, this is Patrick from uh, cringe humor. Another sad day in the comedy world. This is just, you know, we're losing icons here. We lost Greg Giraldo, we lost Mike, and now we're losing Patrice O'Neill. And the first event I ever covered was his roast back in 2003. And to see him evolve and become this this legend in a short amount of time, he just, you know, he was lazy, but he worked hard at it. And he was just the most brilliant performer I've ever worked with and, and seen live. Um, So... Like you just said, this uh, keeps happening, though. Uh, this, like, what, past year or so. Three yeah, terrific comics it, it, run. It, it's not up-and-coming comedians. It's not guys that are on the cusp. These are icons we're losing. 
it, it's really just getting played out now. I mean, we got to start taking care of ourselves here, and and to to lose performers like that and have their their careers cut short, it, it's just it's sickening. It really is. Thank you, my friend. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Let's go over here to Ken. Ken, you're on Fez. Hey, how you doing, Ron? Yeah. Hey, I wanted to share a story of uh, my experience with uh, Patrice. Nothing profound or anything. After the, uh, I saw you guys there at the animation festival with O and A. Yeah. And afterwards, we saw uh, Patrice outside. He was great. He was so personable. And uh, you know, we asked to take a picture with him. So me and my, me and my girl, we got on each side of him to take a picture and snapped a few shots. And we walk away. And she turns to me and just quickly says, "Hey, he, uh, he unhooked my bra." <laughs> and me, that's something that just always stuck out as Patrice. You know, it's just he was he was never off. You know, even out in the street, he was just funny as hell, and he's just going to really be missed. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for the time. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, here's our buddy Lionheart. Hey, Lionheart. Hey, Ron. How you doing, man? Um, what you said before about Patrice was just dead on, because, you know, he's always been one of my favorite comics, because he's real smart, but to a certain extent, you never know how much of that is is uh, a magic trick or material or writing, you know, and then uh, when I, I got to have him on my show, we did about an hour with him, and it was just amazing. The guy can roll with anything, you know. It's not only that he, we wouldn't talk about anything, but there's nothing he couldn't talk about. He could go with anything, even if he didn't know it. He would make his, like you said, he would make his mind up, and he would roll with it in a way that nobody else could. Well, you know, I was um, watching something not too long ago with Patrice, and it was like an internet video show. And uh, the guys just said like one thing off the bat. And Patrice was like, oh, I see. I thought it was going to be one kind of interview, but it's this kind of interview. <laughs> and, you know, when the guy tries to be funny instead of Shit. just talking to him. And it was so fast and so funny. To see, because I'm looking over at the interview, and the interview is like, oh shit, did I just fuck up? Yeah. <laughs> it was just so goddamn funny. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Um, if you're just tuning in, we were mentioning that uh, uh, we got the news that Patrice O'Neill uh, passed away uh, after falling into that coma, I guess mid October, is that when it was? Yeah. Uh, which you heard on the ONA show. Uh, make sure you're listening to those uh, guys tomorrow um, because uh, the experiences all those fellows have spent together has just been amazing. The amount of laughs that have gone on with Patrice over the last decade is just um, phenomenal. Um, let's get over here to uh, Adam. Adam, you're manifest. Adam, uh, let's go over here to Chris. You're on Renifest. Hello? Yeah. Hey, what's up, boys? How you doing? Um, this is a very sad day, and I just want to share with you the first time I started listening to you guys and Opie and Anthony was, uh, was I think, when the Leonard thing happened, when Patrice was in studio and they called Leonard, told him he was fired, and... <laughs> Just the rant that Patrice went on was hilarious, and um, that Cheetah Heels bit will never get old. All right, thanks. Here's Greg in Baltimore. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Hey, I, I went to uh, the Tribal Virus, and I seen Patrice there, and uh, me and my girlfriend at the end of the show went to go get his autograph, take pictures with him and everything, and she's kind of a bigger girl, and her her, belt, her shirt 
Ravers up a little bit, and her belly button was showing. He said, boy, that looks like a little kiddie pool right there. And he was just there forward to everybody, you know what I mean? He yeah. So, I mean, I, I've, I love him ever since, but he, he's just a great guy, and he's going to be missed. Thank you so much. Uh, here's Max in Idaho, your manifest. Yeah, Ron, it's horrible news. I didn't, uh, I mean, I'm just turning to him in not too long ago. I didn't know. Obviously, this news must have come out after ONA, huh? Uh, no, it just actually happened this afternoon, oh. and uh, we read it on, you know, I, I didn't mention it on the air until I saw that Opie himself had uh, tweeted oh. it. Uh, but well, I, I just wanted to say, I mean, again, just awful news. I want to say, when I first saw Patrice was on the last comic standing, I couldn't stand him. His, uh, it's just, I don't know if it was editing or just the way he came off. I just couldn't stand it at all. And then I heard him a couple times on O&A and just, I just fell in love with the guy's outlook and his just, just on the brass way of telling people how it is. It's, yeah, there's a voice now that won't be, won't be able to be heard anymore. It's a shame. Uh, let's go over here to, um... Well, I, I just want to rem to remark on that. It's like some people, you know, some people got him, got Patrice right away. Some people, it took them a while, and some people just never got him, <laughs> which I kind of find completely interesting. I mean, if you think about something, I know humor is subjective, but how could something make one person laugh so hard and a person... Sitting next to him, just being like, "That's not right. That shouldn't. Uh, that shouldn't be talked about." I mean, it's also amazing when you think about it. Uh, Scott, Scott, you're on Fez. Hi, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, this is such a loss, and what I feel bad about is I would always look for the opportunity that Patrice had talked about to want to do your show after he did the Unmasked with you. He was on O and A shortly thereafter, and, and talked about you so highly as the most brilliant man in radio and. And he wanted to come in and do your show like he did Owen A. And he, he asked those guys what he should do. And Opie told him, just talk to you and, yeah. and come on. And he felt so uncomfortable about that. I don't know if it was a feeling of betrayal of Owen A or whatever. But he held you in such high regard. And I hope so long that the day would come that I could hear the banner between you and, and Patrice like you did in the Unmasked in, in just a show setting. And, and hey. really, what a shame. Uh, thank you so much. Um, uh, talking about a Patrice O'Neill uh, passing away today, really missing one of the great contemporary uh, comedians, and just such a great, great part of the ONA show for so many years. Um, tomorrow, I'm sure those guys will have uh, a lot to be talking about, but I am thinking about not just his family, but when you think about Jimmy and Voss and guys. Bobby and just how much those guys, um, because let's face it, they're too immature to actually say I love you. You know what I mean? So they're playing out this eighth grade version of butting heads like little rams just smashing their heads <laughs> into each other rather than just saying, you know, uh, I want to, uh, I just want to be next to you and be laughing and hanging out with you all the time. They had to sit around and say awful things about each other's uh, shirts. But it really is uh, a remarkable thing that O&A over the years have been able to um, shed a spotlight on these incredibly funny, dysfunctional comedians 
who come in and out of the show. Uh, we just announced today that Voss and Bonnie are going to be doing the next Unmasked. Um, not too long ago, we did one with Bill Burr, where he talked about Patrice for a second, and just saying, even as a kid, as they all came up together, Patrice was in his own class. This is before, um, you know, anyone started eulogizing uh, Patrice or taking the time to hold him precious because he was sick. He was just saying that off the fly when everything was going well. Uh, it was just a known fact. It was just a known fact between um, uh, funny people. Uh, Tim, in Long Island, you're running Fest. Hey, Ron, thanks for taking me out. I'll tell you, the first time I saw Patrice, it, it was magical. He, he closed out the show. It was a it was a show over at um, at Dangerfields, and it was Jim Norton, Bill Burr, Voss, the guy Vinny from from New Jersey was emceeing it. I mean, it was just an amazing lineup for a show, and and all of them killed. I mean, they all had just knockdown dragout sets. And Patrice comes up last, and he's got to follow just these unbelievable sets. He comes up, pulls out a, a stool, and just sits down, and and just starts talking to us. And it was just. It was mesmerizing. I mean, we were hysterical. I mean, the guy, he wasn't like, like crazy, wild. He just would just be so profound and, and, and next level with his humor. And, and he just absolutely brought the house down. It was just one of the best, one of the best comedic experiences I've ever had, ever. And I don't think I'll ever match it. I don't think it'll ever top it or, or match it. What year are we talking about, Tim? This had to be, I'm guessing, 07, maybe? 06, uh -huh. 07. Yeah, it was. It, they were back on 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 XM. It, it, I think they were doing CBS at the time as well, and it was just just an unbelievable show. Uh, thank you so much. Here's Bob Pittsburgh, your manifest. Hey, Ronnie. Oh. Uh, you know the thing with Patrice, and and I think it's a mark of a great comedian is you can never really relay his bits and stuff back to your friends. Like there's something lost in it. And I think shitty comedians, you can nail it word for word. Well, treats his logic and everything else was very hard to to echo. It's a it's a really interesting point that you've uh, brought up because go back and and watch how many times that he gets a laugh with an expression or just what the what like he won't finish a thing. Yeah, and it's just the way that some people just have that ability to take just the smallest tiniest thing. And uh, Burr kind of brought this up of uh, because the two people when they were uh, coming up together, uh, the two hot young comics in Boston was Dane Cook and Patrice O'Neill, and Dane was, you know, taking up the whole stage, running around, and Patrice would be very still yeah. and be barely moving, and um, and here he was, such a a big fucking guy but would not use all that comedically um we'll take a break here uh back in just a couple of minutes it's the run fest show you're gonna beat me the golf <laughs> oh you're on you're in big trouble though pal i eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast no
It's the Run of Fez show. Uh, today is the day that uh, we just heard the news that uh, Patrice O'Neill passed away. Only 41 years old. Um, so many, many funny things that we won't get the chance uh, to hear. And I really don't see anybody else coming up with the same premises. They might come up with similar premises, but never in the same exact way. Uh, a lot of people were calling in, and since a lot of people go off of Twitter, I thought we'd read some of these. These are up on the interrobang.com, and if you wanted to uh, add your comments to it, uh, we'll try to get to some of those later. Uh, here's just what some of the folks said about uh, Patrice. This is from Opie. Yes, it's true that our pal Patrice O'Neill has passed away. The funniest and best thinker I've ever known, period. Uh, Jim Norton said, I couldn't possibly love a friend more than I love you. Goodbye, brother. Uh, Rich Voss wrote, uh, the times in my life when I've had the most fun was because Patrice O'Neill was there. I will miss you dearly. Uh, love you, brother. Uh, Colin Quinn says, thanks to everybody for the Patrice O'Neill comments. One of a kind, in heaven right now, charming half, infuriating half, and then reversing. <laughs> uh, Bill Burr said, I never saw anything funnier than watching somebody meet Patrice for the first time. The most purely funny human being I've ever met. Um... Doug Stanhope, rest in peace, Patrice O'Neill, one of the best ever, inspiring every time I heard him on anything. Amy Schuler, uh, Schumer said, brilliant, unafraid, unapologetic, you inspired me and kept us all honest. Eastside Dave said, very sad to hear about the loss of Patrice O'Neill. He was one of the funniest and cool coolest guys, period. All right, Eastside Dave just stole um, Opie's way of ending it with period. Well, it was lowercase. Uh, Dennis Leary uh, said, Patrice O'Neill, one of the funniest men who have ever walked this earth. Um, very sad news about Patrice O'Neill, says Justin Stengel. Got to hang with him a few times. Very funny on and off stage. Questlove wrote, uh, So grateful I got to see Patrice O'Neill do his last New York City gig. Man, this is so devastating. He truly was one of my favorite comics. Um, Michael Ian Black wrote, Ah, shit, I didn't know him, but I admired him. Nick Cannon wrote, An amazing comedian and even better person. And Charlie Sheen wrote, um, The entertainment world, as well as the world is lost. Uh, lost a brilliant man today. Patrice had that light... And then he just rose arrow. I guess he didn't understand how many characters that you have to use. Uh, we'll keep updating the, the tweets that go on there uh, as well. Um, so that you can have them all in one place. Some of the, really, again, what I wanted to say about this is some of the funniest people in the world. And surely when you're looking at the list of the, those people are talking about, is some of the funniest people that you can think of that were fans of his. Unfortunately, in this case, we did see Eastside Dave stole Dopey's ending, which, I don't know, it's a little uncomfortable for me. And actually, I hate to say it, almost ruins the day. Oh, Jesus. Almost ruins the beautiful way that so many people are coming out.
Are you doing the show with uh, Dave this weekend? I think so. I have to talk to him tomorrow when we cut the podcast. I'm noticing this. Yes. You and Fez are never definitive anymore. There's always oh, this. I'm just I you just know, really anything don't know. could go in any different direction. <laughs> Damn, I'm so depressing. So sad today. Um. I guess I'll go back to the phones here. I feel so sad about doing this, though. It's not like, what am I going to do? Think about something else? It's very, very strange because that we were in that limbo period with him for, um, you know, so long. And there's a part of you who thinks, well, you know, maybe this is good stuff, you know. They do such wonderful things with medicine these days. I like to say that constantly to people. Oh, all you got to do is hold on for a while, and, you know, technology's changing so fast. It'll catch up. I love to uh, lie to people during worrisome times and just tell them all kinds of stuff. That yeah, makes them feel better. Anything I can do, any lie I can tell. It's a Santa Claus lie. Um, Cedric in Houston, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I just wanted to comment on Patrice O'Neill. Um, the way he lived, he was just a true nonconformist. I mean, everything he was on from, I saw a clip of him on the YouTube, uh, on Letterman, and just the way he was talking to Letterman was just completely him. Like, it's nothing I've ever seen before. Anytime he was on any show, just completely unique voice. And, um, but that was the funny thing about him. It's like you would think, hey, did he ever watch... Letterman before to understand how you're supposed to act when you go on Letterman, you know what I mean? But he he did not um, do that. Uh, we'll read some more of the tweets that are out there. Um, Anthony Cumia wrote, much to his chagrin, Patrice will now join the ranks of those legendary comics. I'm lucky to have known him. He transcended my racism. That's beautiful when you think That's about really it. Really nice. Jay Moore um, wrote, just heard, good night, brother. Damn, just ridiculous, terrible, beyond sad. Uh, we talked about this before, that um, that was a podcast that uh, probably one of the last things that Patrice did was with Jay Moore. Joe Rogan wrote, uh, rest in peace to my friend Patrice O'Neill, great thinker, great comic, great human being. He had a truly unique perspective on this world. Um, oh, here's Iraq, Patrice O'Neill, great friend of the show, great comedian, amazing man all around, irreplaceable, and then he puts a sad face. Oh, okay. I like a sad face on that. Um, let's go over here to Mark. Mark, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Um, yeah, Patrice is by far, like, my favorite third mic whenever Jimmy was out. And if I heard his voice when I turned the show on, I knew that the whole replay was going to be a must-listen. But um, even more importantly than that, uh, his his opinions on women and and dealing with them, which kind of led to the Black Phillip show, mm -hmm. just really, really helped me through like a really rough time um, of a divorce and dealing with women afterward. And uh, me and my brother, we, we, we talk a lot when we deal with the bullshit of women. We just say, WWPD. Like, what would Patrice do? And uh, and it really kind of gives me the stones to just, you know, man up and just, you know, just take care of things. 
Well, it may be too late for you, Mark, but go ahead and keep trying. Uh, Red Bear, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, Ronnie. Um, sad day, but just I just remember his his calm quickness to everything. Like he went on stage at that uh, Charlie Sheen Rose, threw out his material, and then compared the man's career as being very Christian Slaterish. <laughs> it was really fucking funny. It really was, and I'm not a. Uh, a giant fan of the roast. But, you know, when even Patrice saying, like, something's Christian Slater's, he might have meant it as high compliment. Yeah. You don't really know. Uh, the Interbang constantly uh, updating. And if you like to add your uh, comments, uh, they're up there. But we'll constantly uh, update new people. I'll try to find them as they uh, come in. Uh, here's Jim Florentine, Patrice O'Neill, rest in peace. I'm going to miss you, buddy. Thanks for making me a better comic. Uh, Pete Dominic, um, sad to hear my friend and great comedian Patrice O'Neill passed away today. Perhaps if we would have had health care and the 1% would have done their best and people didn't have to sit around and be so greedy and be able to... Hmm. Lots of characters. Yeah, he does. Well, he's got an extra thing. Um... Not uh, all these people do I even notice. Here's uh, Jim Gaffigan. Uh, rest in peace, Patrice O'Neill. Undeniably brilliant. Um, I don't know if I put in Tom Papa. Sad news about Patrice. Um, the true artist. The pitbull of comedy, Bobby Slayton. Rest in Patrice. Patrice O'Neill, my condolences to his family. Very, very funny man. Look, he's here with us. <laughs> um, let's go over here to East End Rob. You're on the Run and Fish show. Right, the, uh, I'm out in uh, the East End, and um, I do a lot of promotions and marketing of the events. And okay. one of the uh, theaters I work for had Patrice out, out here the latter part of the summer. And when you said that he would just spot and just look into the crowd, he actually spotted uh, a, a WWE wrestler that was actually in the audience, and it was pretty dark. And he acted like a little kid on stage to where it almost looked like he was just happy as hell, like he's actually coming there to see the, the wrestler who's there actually coming I, to see him. Well, you know, you're burying the lead here. Who was the wrestler? I don't even remember the name. I, I have no idea. That's the worst story know. ever because was it Hogan? Was it who are we talking no, about? No, 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 no. It was just it was like it was somebody who I've never seen before. But he must have known who who they all are. I mean, I'm telling you, it was a wrestler I've never even heard of, and I know who you know enough of them are. Oh, you, uh, so you actually feel like you would know who it was, but. That was inside. Uh, that was another one of the things that Patrice told me. It was one of the things he was most proud of is he got the chance to write for WWE for a while. Um, we're talking about the entire bang. A lot of people uh, going around and collecting the tweets all in the same place. Um, let's go over here to John. John, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie. How you doing, Dad? Good. I want to give my condolences, and I started watching Patrice. Remember Talk Soup? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I started. So I've been a long-time listener of you guys and everything. So. All right, thank you. Uh, Dave in Canada, you're on my face. Hey, buddy. 
if I quickly first, if I can make a request for an unmasked uh, Daryl Hammond, I heard him on. Uh, I heard him talking about his book. There is some shit there, some deep shit. Be pretty interesting, but I certainly would like to do something with Daryl Hammond. Oh fuck! Uh, but you know, I just I came home from the gym and I flipped you guys on like I always do, and uh, uh, I'm 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 angry. I've just been sitting here on hold trying to trying to think what what the fuck is making me so angry, and I think that the 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 mind like you're just not going to ever run into a guy who has that take on the world in that specific way like some it's part of the reason i i sort of uh you know you know it works with radio like there's there's thousands of people listening and you know uh, patrice doesn't know any of us but we know him and it's like you bond to the the way he thought is it, you know it pushes you and you see a comedian that you really like it's because it pushes your exact buttons and this guy was on the top of my fucking list and that 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 brilliance and that mind and his take on relationships and human nature was so fucking bang on as as far as i'm concerned that it it's just i'm i'm just left sitting here just completely fucking angry you know it's an it's it's just an angry Dave, let's just, not make it all about you okay buddy i know that you're angry but you know um let's see some other people seth myers wrote uh, rest in peace, Patrice O'Neill. A day spent watching clips of him online is well spent. Uh, Sandra Bernhardt said, terribly sad to hear about Patrice O'Neill. We had a great time on at the Green Room a couple years uh, back. Thoughts go out to his family. That's that Showtime uh, show. Yeah, with uh, Provenza. Hosted by Paul Provenza, where a lot of comics get together and act like, it's not tough crowd, but you know, in the back of our minds, we're like, yeah, okay. Uh, it's like a West Coast, like a gentler version. Okay. Like maybe a tough crowd that your mom could watch. <laughs> uh, really, we're weird. How many people uh, tweet that stuff out? All the uh, the Twitter responses are going to be kept in one space on that. The entire bang. If you want to go over and check them out, and your comments are also welcome. Hey, freak, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey guys, terrible day here. Um, I mean, it goes without saying, Patrice was funny. I mean, that that doesn't even begin to touch the layer of him. Uh, and people have said it here while I've been on hold. You know, just the unique perspective. And what I'll miss most about him is. Very few people can you say, I wonder what he would say about that, and you sort of wouldn't have an idea. And he wouldn't say it for shock value. I mean, I know it came out of shocking, but it, I truly believe it was not shock intention at all. It's like, this is just what this fucking guy thought. And you never knew what it was going to be. You might have some idea. I mean, the only death I've had recently uh, near me in my life is, uh, not near me, but as a, as a fan, is like Carlin. You know, it's just, you know, you, you, you know you're going to live your life, and you know, you just you do get mad because you say, "Shit, I, I would love to hear his take on that." Mm. You know, you're not going to get it, and it just and it just sucks. But you know, thank you for uh, you know the great run we had. The other thing I just want to add about him too is, you know, the wonderful thing about Patrice. You know, again with the perspective wise, he was so good for O and A and the O and A audience. You know, just to have you know a black voice and an alpha male voice. I mean, it was you know. You don't have to agree with everything he said. No, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I mean, if you think about it, um, that Patrice and his angles being welcomed on ONA and eventually 
by the ONA audience is remarkable. It's fucking remarkable. And then one of the great things about being funny, another great thing about talk radio is hearing some shit that you don't agree with. And then sometimes you're like, okay, I'll give you 10% of that or 20% of that. And that's a way of moving people to closer. Even if you don't agree with the person 100%, you could say, um, I'll agree with some of it. But the other thing about Patrice, and we brought this up with the Don Imus uh, thing, is he didn't ca carry water for anyone. I mean, he didn't carry water for uh, any community. You know, <laughs> he just had Patrice's opinion. Um, here is... Uh, let's go over to Candyman. Candyman, how are you? Hey, guys. Uh, sad day. <clears throat> I just think uh, one of the funniest things I ever remember with Patrice is the appearance when he was on Fox News with John Gibson with uh, the lady from the uh, Women's Coalition. And it wasn't like he was there performing. It was, just, it was truly one of the funniest things I've ever seen on TV. And the one thing I'm so glad I've got is just the Elephant in the Room special is something I'll, I'll watch over and over again. I, I absolutely love it. And the guy, the guy was just, what you see is what you get. And he, he was absolutely brilliant. And I... Yeah, we're gonna miss them. Yeah, the the one small kind of silver lining for me is that he was happy with that special. Uh, out of all the tweets, uh, which one did you like best? <sighs> There's a lot of good ones. I think I like Norton's. I thought Norton's was Norton's was so sad, touching. Yeah, Ants was very funny. Yeah. Um, Colin Quinn's was great. Dave too. would have done very good if he didn't steal Opie's <laughs> ending, which, well, I mean, what is the reason for that, Dave? Are you promised to ask him about that tomorrow night? I will ask him what happened with the period. Sure, it's lowercase, but still, same word. That's goddamn lowercase. <laughs> I've been saying that for a long time. Um, James, you're on Ronnie Fez. Yeah, Ronnie, uh, day. I. I originally heard him on O&A, and I thought his humor was, I don't know, I didn't like him because I thought he was very arrogant and almost smug. But I came to realize that I'm not black and I'm not overweight, and his perspective, his observational comedy uh, got to me. It won me over, and then I realized that I was hearing things that, uh, only he could explain to me, and he he did it in a funny way, and and uh, uh, I'll I'll miss that. Um, Mike, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, buddies. Uh, I was curious. I know that he was originally talking about, or a while ago, was talking about writing a book or book deal. Does anybody know where that where that lies, or how how that's coming along? No, he was in the middle of reading a book, so I don't know whether he got a chance to finish that or not. Uh, I have no idea about him, um, whether he was writing a book or not. Um, here's Charlie. Charlie, you're on the Run and Fez show. Charlie. Once, twice. Gone, brother. Uh, Bill Nolan, you're on Run and Fez. Uh, what's up, buddies? This is, uh, Bill, uh, I just wanted to say, and it may sound overly simplistic, but what I liked about Patrice the most is that he was just unapologetically honest in every situation, uh, whether it be an interview or on O&A. Uh, it didn't matter who the fuck he was talking to. He was going to be Patrice and, uh, and be completely honest and uh, give, give an honest opinion on 
whatever he was talking about. And uh, it happened to be hilarious. You know, and that guy said earlier said that when he first heard Patrice said uh, he didn't like him. Well, that would, you know, Patrice wouldn't have gave a fuck. It wouldn't have changed anything. He would have just kept right on going. being. Well, you know, but honest. I kind of I agree because I don't think the first time that I thought I heard him. But I think it's kind of interesting this. We tend to like what we already know. So you're going to like a funny person if you go, hey, I like them. They remind me of Brian Regan or they remind me of, Something you know, with. yeah. Oh, he does like a Jerry Seinfeld thing. Oh, He's like good. Jerry. So that that's the people that you will uh, like right away. But the unique people, it might take you a couple of times to like them. Uh, or even get them, or even get where they're coming it's from. People to form an opinion on. Yeah. Um, but the people who turn you are the best because you have really strong, really strong opinions on them. Well, yeah. I mean, the people who do get you to think, then you're like, all right, well, this is something even a little different. I haven't heard from Fez in an hour and a half. Where's he been? He's in there. Well, he, he didn't go anywhere? No. No, I'm right here. I know that that thing is very... Is it tough for you, Fez? Yeah, it's it's really, really sad. Um, just thinking about his family right now is just a tough, tough thing of what they're going through. Like what you went through when your dad died? Um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that as well. And I remember... Uh, I remember one time Patrice had said something about how... Um, he didn't want people saying hello to the, to him unless they were really sincere and meant it and were interested in saying, hi, how are you? And that always stuck with me. Mm -hmm. So I just, I thought it was just a, like the guy said, he just really, um, well, what, what stuck to you? What stuck about the hello, how are you thing? Um, just how many times I say hello to people without even thinking that I said hello or how are you. Just says, just, uh, you know, passing someone in the hall and another how are you went out. I even skipped the hellos. Good. I just, just walk by people. Efficient. Um, let's go over to um, Kevin, you're on Fez. All right, now I'm going down to John. John, you're on Hey, boys, how you doing? Uh, Patrice's laugh. There was nothing that got me going like Patrice's laugh. When he wound up, man, I, I had to pull over from just my tears. And, you know, just one of the things, I think this is all like, uh, the way I feel now is a testament to you guys and the great radio you put on. You really, you really allow us to never meet someone but feel like we're in the presence of brilliance. So I just want to say thank you. Um, well, tomorrow will be the show to listen to. With uh, ONA. I'm going to set my clock early tomorrow. I'm getting up at quarter to ten oh. and trying to listen to the whole show. You might yeah. not catch, catch that. some I'm, of it. All of it. I'm going to catch all 15 minutes of the show. It's worth it to me to get up at that ungodly hour. It, it starts at six. Nothing starts at six. People sleep at six. Uh, we're going to read off some more of those uh, 
Twitters. There's so many up now that it's tough for me to find them all. Um, but I will uh, say this. I'm trying to get into that whole hello thing. And I might, I'm, that might be the new thing I'm thinking about. Really? Yeah. Like if someone says hello to me while they're still walking, I'm going to go right after them. Like a tap. Who are you saying hello to? Oh. Unless you have the time to talk to me. I don't want your hello. <laughs> Will you start looking for Patrice change, Fez? I don't know if that was something that went on in his life. Um, let's go over here to, um, let's go to Brian. Brian, you're in Yeah, what's going on, guys? Um, the thing I wanted to say was, Patrice was like, he was so full of life and had, like, so much energy. Like, if he would be in the room on ONA, for example, and there'll be, you know, four or five other comedians in there, he, he would be the one to stand out. You know, he would be the funniest guy. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, the, just a testament to... Uh, all these people writing stuff. Um, of how many people are really, really fond of them. Here's some more coming in. Kevin Smith. I shared some air and some airtime with the man on ONA. He was always funny and thoughtful. Patrice, he will be missed. Um, Mark Marin. Man, I'm going to miss Patrice. Fuck, fuck, fuck. So sad. Love that guy. He was a truly great comedian and original. Uh, Bonnie McFarlane, I re- I really loved everything about you, Patrice. Even when you were totally aggravating me, I will truly miss you. So many really, really funny people um, cared about him. Uh, what are you going over and trying to find some of these for me? Yep. All right, let me see that one there. Mr. Ed Lover. Rest in peace to a very funny guy, Patrice O'Neill, gone too soon at 41. Ed Lover has a way of making his tweets look like he just signed your yearbook. (laughs) Thanks, Ed. Too good to be forgotten. Hags. Uh, Let's go over here, Todd Harrisburg. You're my fist. Uh, what I loved most about Patrice is he had this way of cutting through people's bullshit and pretensions, kind of along the lines of the uh, the hello, how are you thing. If uh, if he could tell, you know, just it, it as quick as lighting, if he could tell if you were just being fake or phony, he would just go after you like a fucking pit bull. I remember there was uh, a couple of hot chicks that were in trying to promote some alcohol or something that they were brought him into O&A's to the studio, and he just went after this one stuck-up bitch, and it was fucking brilliant because how quickly he was able to see through people. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, tomorrow's O&A show. Uh, their chance to talk about their really good buddy, uh, Patrice O'Neill. Uh, let's go over here to um, Kevin. Kevin, you're on the run of show. Yeah, you know, you got you to think of, uh, of Patrice, what he would be saying if he was in your studio talking about somebody else who died. You know, he'd have a sense of humor about it. Um, he wouldn't kind of uh, be, be looking so down on this. He would kind of find a funny aspect of it. Yeah, it's funny. He's dead at 41. It's funny stuff. No, funny. The, 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 no yeah, funny stuff. He, the guy cheated death for so long. For so long. He was 41. 
You should live another 40 years. You cheated death by being alive right now. You're the death cheater. I always need, like, I'm Irish, so at a wake we always need somebody to turn on. I always had a couple cousins that we could put the boots to. Oh, good. What did you just fucking say? It's on. Did he say something to you? That would be the other people in the family. Did he say something to you? Yes. This is on. <laughs> and they'd hit you with everything in the kitchen. Irish people will... They'll find, like, like if you're in a fucking kitchen fight with an Irish person, you're going to get hit with a pan. If you're going to fucking be in a garage in a fist fight, you're going to take a rake in the back. They will find anything that's around. Hey, you got to improvise. The Marine Corps believes that. Okay, anything's a weapon. I'm very frustrated because... Uh, this puts the Syracuse story in the back burner for me. Sure. I brought up the Irish thing. Maybe for one night, one night only, I should drink to forget my troubles. I don't know if you should do that. Scott, Brooklyn, you're in my face. Hey, Rod. Uh, I've been listening since NEW. You know, the 50-hour drum challenge, 9-11, several careers in my life, uh, getting married. I just love the fact that you remember those days as the 50-gallon drum uh, challenge and 9-11. Well, Two of the uh, most horrifying things that have happened in a lifetime. But Patrice was always in the room, and as funny as he was, my memories of Patrice are as strong as just for him being a friend and being there, are as strong as my memories of any friend that I know. And that Scott, I just by the way you're talking... If you were watching a child, I'd call the police right now. If you were driving, I would run you off the road to protect others. Well, this will be a day he'll remember then. <laughs> you sound like someone who in a couple minutes uh, from now will hear a crash, and then he's going to come out of the kitchen just bleeding all day. <laughs> I fucking stepped on it and then fell on it. Oh god! It broke in my hand, and then I stepped on it, and I fell throat first on it. Look at. Um, Emmett, you're on the first show. Hey, Rod. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Yeah. It's a very sad day today. Um, I just wanted to bring up one show that he was on with O and A, uh, where he sang. Uh, he sang a uh, Howlin' Wolf song with Warren Haynes. Mm-hmm. That was and, great. And, and before that, I mean, you know, I completely agree with uh, Anthony's sentiments. I mean, the man was brilliant. He had a way of just looking at things uh, from both perspectives. And, you know, I always liked his comedy. And then the day that I heard him sing that song, I was like, holy shit, man. If he doesn't get a, record a recording contract <laughs> over this, I'd be very surprised. But uh, he just—he's just a fantastic human being, and it's, you have days that are sad, and then you got days that you get kicked in the nuts, and I think this is one of them. Some days you get kicked in the nuts, sometimes you don't. Oh my balls! Today we got kicked in the nuts. Some days you don't. Yes, I was going to just leave it. Some days fucking lame. Some, some days you just don't get kicked in the balls. I don't know what it is about you, Hicks, but as you've, 
that. As you've grown to look more and more like Bob Seeker, you've taken on an air of superiority above everyone else. Like you are the leader of the Silver Bullet Band, and no one else could ever understand you. Sure, I got some good Seeker looks going on, but you know, it doesn't make me better than other people. I guess I'll see you at nine tonight. Yeah, I know. We all know that. Mm hmm. Turn the page on you. <laughs> You only know that one song, right? Uh, hold on, I'm looking yeah. some more. I got some real night moves for you. <laughs> That's what you say to the ladies. That's right. Perhaps you'd like to come back to my apartment. I'll turn off the lights so you don't have to see how hideous it is. And then I'll put on my <laughs> night moves. Hey, take a look at her strut. Um, Matt, you're on running Fez. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about a time when, when Patrice, when you had him on the Unmasked show, yeah. And uh, he said something about like how he's on stage, you know, he wanted a boutique audience. Right. And not, not everybody would get him, but the people who did get him loved him. And I loved when he said that uh, if I'm on stage and it's just me pontificating for an hour, it's a good show. And I always enjoyed that about him. Well, this is the thing about that. You can't go up and try not to make mistakes. I was just telling a friend about this not too long ago. It's you've got to be there because you want to be there and not go up. And, you know, the people that are afraid are the ones who think, hey, what could go wrong? Can't think like that. That's the beauty of it. Uh, you know, and then we are sitting uh, around saying, you know, boutique audience and two things that are trending worldwide. Rest in peace, Patrice, an elephant in the room. Um, so there's sure as hell was an audience uh, there for him. Loved him. Uh, let's go over here to... Uh, let's go to Lisa. Lisa, Lisa, Nicole, Jim. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie Hitchazzi. Um this is such a sad day. I love Patrice so much because <laughs> I'm crying. He was true to himself. He was raunchy, and that is why I love him. And, you know, my condolences to you guys <laughs> and to the ONA family. <laughs> See, my thing is this. I don't think you've, you've lived a life unless you got some women crying. That's the way. That's how to gauge it. That is the only way to gauge life. Oh, wow, she's fucked up over this. I think the only way to live a life is at your funeral, some woman that your family has never met before shows up with a baby who looks exactly like you. Recent. Living a double life. Why do people say that it's a double life? I just see it as the same life. I always hear that term... <clears throat> Well, he's lived a double life. Insurance salesman by day, drug dealer by night. Badass. No, he was a fucking drug dealing insurance salesman. <laughs> no one can compartmentalize as much, you know, that whole Batman thing on Bruce Wayne during the daytime. I guarantee you, there was a lot of times that Bruce Wayne was fucking chicks that he just put the cow on his head. And know. just like... I'll blow the spot. I got an idea. You want a bat fuck? <laughs> 
Because that's where I'm coming from. It ain't just all this money. It's the fucking cars. It's the crime fighting. It's Tell all happening. He probably just like showed up at work in his suit, and he realized he was still wearing like his bat boots. And he's just like, oh, fuck. And just... I didn't think he went to work. I thought he worked out of his bed like fucking Hugh Hefner. Yeah, he's oh, like a clean I mean, at least, if you, you could still have a bat copter and be a fucking... Fuck yeah, it's pimp. And this is what I hate about the Batman audience, that they won't fucking spend the time to go, well, where did he land the bat plane? There's no... They have fucking radar. No, it doesn't exist in the bat world. <laughs> Every time someone says, like, oh, I'm going to a Batman movie, you have to be able to say, I'm going to think like a retard for the next fucking hour and a half, because we know none of it could happen. No, see He's just that good. <laughs> where do you land? Why isn't it on radar? It's not that good. You're fucking retarded if you think you could get away with it. They found Bin Laden in fucking 10 years. And that fucker never came out of his house. This is like if you went in the back cave and stayed there, just eating sandwiches. Watching porn. Do you think Bin Laden was always going like this? Um, I just want to go out for like five fucking minutes. Just go to the mall. Some fresh air, for the love of God. I haven't seen a movie in a theater in so long. Get an Orange Julius for yourself. And, like, I think it would be okay, like, if you lived in the fucking sticks and then go outside. But he lived in a town where shit was happening. It was nice, like, a little town he had right next to the hospital. He had a nice compound. Um, I mean, Pakistan is a happening place. I'm going to look at some of these other people who tweeted stuff. This is uh, Adam Ferreira. Uh, Patrice O'Neill was brilliantly insightful. One of the funniest comics I've ever seen. My thoughts and prayers are with his family. Sinbad wrote, one of the funniest comics I know. Patrice O'Neill uh, died last night after previously suffering from a stroke. I pray for yours. Um... And Ricky Gervais wrote sad news about his passing. One of my favorite stand-up comedians. Um, here's Glenn, Massachusetts. Glenn. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, condolences to Patrice's family. Uh, I'm going to give him a tribute tonight for my son. He's at college. He's going on stage tonight as a stand-up for the first time. And uh, he's in class now, but I'm going to text him later. And just uh, give give a shout-out to Patrice to all the college students. And uh, he's given me many, many, many I'm trying to get this straight. Moments. You're writing your kids stand-up for him? No, no. I'm not writing it for him. I'm just going to call and let him know that Patrice died. And uh, when he goes on stage, I'm just going to have him uh, give a little moment a moment for Patrice uh, to commemorate his life. That'll be great. No stand-up goes better after a moment of silence. If we could all bow our heads for the next moment. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. Good to be here. Uh, and then I'd like to do Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Um... I was up in Canada one time, and I was at a sporting event, and they played that song. And I go, what is this song? And I go, this is our national anthem. I go, national anthem? Then you guys really are a country. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't think they were a full country at the time, because they didn't have their own money. 
they had English people and their money. And I feel like you're really not your own country until you put your own people in the money. Kind of make it look like a bitch, you know? It's, it's across the fucking ocean. They yeah, had like Queen a- Elizabeth uh, on the money. Um, then it got a little weird. Uh, Bertie Higgins was on the money, which surprised me. Small, I mean, on quarters. Oh, all right. Well, it's still kind of weird. Steve, you're on Hey, uh, uh, Run DMC was Patrice's favorite band, and I'm pretty sure uh, Rockbox was his uh, favorite song. Maybe you guys can close the show with that. I definitely would. If we can get if we know for a fact that was his favorite band and his favorite song. How are you going to find that out? Just Google it. Hopefully he happened to say you know one what? time my favorite song is Rockbox. If he would have... Uh, we could just end with some Seeger. Not on Main Street. Right. Little too tall. Could have used a few pounds. Um, Jesse, you're on my first. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, I was just listening to Alex Jones, and Alex had Patrice on quite a few times, and he just said some great touching words about him. And, you know, I think everybody loved Patrice, and I, I really wish you'd have Alex on to really talk about the important issues in this crazy thing we call life. Well, Alex has his own show. Well, I know, but he want, he, he'd love to come on your show and spread his word, man. He he's got a very fine audience himself, right? Well, not not nearly as good as you, Ronnie. All right, thank you. Do, do, do. Um, let's go over here to Brian. Brian, you're running first. Hey, uh, I remember hearing Patrice for the first time. It was the best of over the holidays, and then um, I remember how infectious his stories were. And even though it was a replay, I uh, uh, I couldn't step away from my uh, radio because his stories were amazing and funny and human and genuine. I remember I had to cancel a couple of classes because I found his stuff much more interesting than my own life at that time. Um, yeah, he's an interesting guy. He really was. Yeah, we're going to go out with Rockbox, right or wrong. Right or wrong. Because I do want to uh, play a song for Patrice today. Uh, Ed, you're on the Run of Fest show. Yeah, how you doing? Uh, I just wanted to say that, you know, I'm really glad for shows like uh, you guys and Opie and Anthony where there's no ego like on Stern's show where a comedian could come on and kind of... First of all, don't run down other people on a fucking sad day. Do me that favor. Uh, Seriously. Is this ready to go? All right, let's end this up with, for Patrice. Make sure you listen to ONA tomorrow. Uh, so many guys who love Patrice have done that show, and it should be um, one that you want to catch. Uh, we'll see you guys back in here tomorrow.